0: Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh, smile at you and kick your face off.
1: I'm done with that. You got me mad now.
0: You know, you got a tickle. Feeling good. All well, the st-
2: skeptics and all the people have a little bit of. Let me get
0: Oh, it's live, outside Sorry. I love purple. I was like, yes, like this guy's awesome.
2: Who's riding to buy a tickle in this arena?
0: With my man, man, pots and pants, Nick McCone That's me.
2: Are you humanoids, get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. This a man! and I have passed the
3: brain to
4: But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. He don't know nothing else But <laughs> you know right, he ball. know that wrestling ball <laughs> he was about to hop over his table What? what? <laughs> you are aching,
0: breaking heart Wanna be fake oh. No sleep,
4: no good No nothing Just maniacism It's got the water, man Give me a hell yeah <laughs> I said give me a hell yeah
0: What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 362 of the Space Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson of the Philadelphia Inquirer and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone, the Philly Influencer and Fox PHL, the Gambler. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on episode 362. It is a deep dive. We're diving deep into another backlash. We did 2000. We did 2001, so naturally we're going to 2002, which is main evented with an undisputed title match between Hulk Hogan and Triple H. What a time it was in our lives here in April of 2002. But in April of 2023, we got a lot going on as well. We're gonna talk about it in a minute, but I gotta do my weekly check-in first with my main man pots and pans. Nick, how are you doing? On this rainy, dreary Sunday afternoon, my good brother. It's beautiful.
1: It's beautiful. You know what? Weekend mornings like this, and don't ask, you know, I'm I'm like wrestling brain right now. These types of mornings on the weekends, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, just remind me of like watching WWF Mania, WWF Livewire on Saturday mornings or WWF Superstars Sunday mornings. Where I was just like chill and relax. I didn't have to worry about school. Didn't have to worry about homework. And it always kind of made me laugh when they would do live shots of Connecticut, like a live wire, and it'd be like the same weather we're experiencing here. So it'd be like either rainy or sunny, because uh, Connecticut's not that far away, I guess, in terms of weather. But um, usually, the East Coast would see the the same. Uh, type of weather, you know, this time of year, maybe like in the fall, if it's like rainy or something, or even in the winter, snow, so I woke up today, you know, it's been a rainy weekend, and I was just like, man, I could go watch, I could go like for watching an episode of Livewire right about now, but unfortunately, the YouTube channel that had a a lot of the early episodes of Livewire is no longer there, I guess they got taken down or something so i'm kind of yeah. upset about that and i didn't, i didn't get my live wire fixed this morning when i was like i was feeling it i was jonesing for an episode of live wire that's why they need to upload those to like peacock or something
0: i don't know how many people in the world have ever said <laughs> they were jonesing for an episode of live wire after <laughs> 1995. Uh, 96. listen the early days
1: were great yeah, people come in the studio and talk trash have callers call in and email And it's just so funny because I remember, like, what the hell is email? Like, no one cares about email. Like, I care about what, you know, is happening in wrestling. Like, like people are using the internet and stuff. I didn't know what the hell that was back then. So it's really funny looking back. It's really funny the character short, like, the shortness of the characters they use because they couldn't even spell out WWF Livewire at AOL or whatever their email address was because WWF LiveWire was too long. So (laughs) I think they got rid of the E or something. It was like LiveWire or something. So good times, good memories from Saturday mornings back then, especially, uh, you know, when it's rainy and stuff. And even now, like, this would be baseball season for, like, township baseball. And if we had a, you know, morning like this, the game would be postponed. So I didn't have to, like, go to the fields or anything. So I just sit home and watch live water. It was great. It was a great time.
0: My flag football game got postponed yesterday, so I'm not happy about that because mm. of this storm. But, you know, the squad is 2-1, okay. trying to get to 3-1 and one when we play again next week. You know what I'm saying? The league is as big as ever, by the way, Nick. We got eight teams. We got 100-something odd people. Oh, it's doing. It's great. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but the squad, we out here. 2-1 and one for right now. Two We won two straight, by the way. So, Holy uh, schmucks. <laughs> we gotta on a roll, baby. Um but alas, we we call this current day nonsense sometimes. You know, our opening segment sort of and we got a lot of nonsense to talk about. Whole lot of nonsense, whole lot of nonsense in the world of world wrestling entertainment. <laughs> What's the last mm. time they called it that on TV? Mm-mm. <laughs> Over a decade, probably. Because, obviously, we are a almost a week after Triple H had to trot to, try himself out there and say, mm. Roman Reigns is too good. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can beat him. Because he's so good, he can do what he wants. So we have to make a new title. <laughs> 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 because he's so good, he sucks. And he won't show up. Like how are you gonna go with that being the
1: storyline reasoning? <laughs> like, what? It just started off so badly and
0: it's like oh they couldn't think God. of anything different. No, because this is like Vince McMahon stuff. He thinks that people wouldn't care. Yeah,
1: exactly. But In two thousand two, at least you had Bishaw, like Lesnar being uh you know uh Courted, yeah, he was courted, signed by the know? show, and he's like, "Listen, I'm going here because they're giving me more money." So you had like a sto- a good storyline reasoning for introducing the world heavyweight title, but you know this, yeah, the whole so, yes. Roman negotiated a great contract, so he doesn't have to. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> right. "What? This that makes so, no wrestling sense."
0: So yeah, WWE has brought back the world heavyweight title, not quite the one we saw back in the day with big gold belt or a sort of uh, version. Of a or a different version of the big gold belt. This is like big gold, but like with a WWE logo slapped on the front of it. a big okay. one. <laughs> like, uh, real really, big really one. Big one. Uh, it, I think on its own, it's not a terrible looking title. It's fine. I guess it's just because it's just not the actual big gold. It's just like ah, it's just not it. Like <laughs> it's just okay. not going to be it. Uh, but what do you think about the title design itself?
1: I, I think we'll get used to it over time, but. I like the out outer skirts, and they're really going. He, Triple H is a heavy lion guy, you know. He did that with the UK title. Um, there's lions now. It's not the winged eagle era anymore in WWF. It's uh, or WWE. It's like the lions. There's lions on the uh, the title belt. So Triple H, I guess, is a mark for you know lions. But that whole, that big WWE logo ruins it for me, man. It can't like. I don't mind the protruding globe, but you have to make a WWE logo that big and, and differentiate it that much from... Not like, who knows if they're going to get a new belt for Roman, but, um, yeah, I, just the the size of the WWE logo is a huge turnoff for me, personally. And I know I'm not alone, but um, the rest of it looks great. Like, I like as much gold as possible, so at least there's a lot of gold in it, you know? Um, a good... Uh, you know, outline of the bell. It's kind of big, you know, who knows what it'll look like around waist, but um, I, it could have been worse, but it could have been a lot, lot better too.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, honestly. It's like, it's not terrible, but it's not, because it's not actual big gold, number one, right. and two, it's just not that dope. It's like just you're, fine. You're not going to not, re,
1: not reenact not the right word, but you're not going to just, you know, it's like if... Fake, big, big gold, like, why would you even go that route? Just go, like, a UK title. Well, the UK title looks really good. Why don't you go to that route or something? Like, why do
0: you got to go big gold and just ruin it? It's like, ugh. All right, title design aside, this is nonsense, right? Like, this is just total nonsense that this exists. Like, I, I know you like the one title... I'm, you know that I'm Team One Championship yeah. to rule them all. Been that consistently throughout this podcast, and I'm still that. Because <laughs> this is messy. We got three world titles, Nick. Technically, yeah, yeah, technically. Why,
1: why not just strip him of the one he won at WrestleMania to make it undisputed and just have him, or just be like, if you want the lineage of the WWE title, be like, we're stripping him of the Universal Championship. Like,
0: I, what the hell? Are they going well, to guess, end the WWE title lineage? That's what people are wondering. Like, what? You can't I mean, do that. 60 years. Right? Yeah, you can't.
1: You can't. And that's the title that Cody needs to win, which is why. Right. Which is the, the only reason I'm iffy on this is because Cody was drafted to Raw. So now he's not on Roman's brand. So yeah, now it's like, you can't the, give him this title, you man. Can't you give can't give
0: him that title.
1: You can't. And that would literally ruin everything for me. So oh, right now, as we sit here April 30th, uh, the, the new champion will be crowned what, May twenty seventh, right? and in Saudi Arabia is twenty the twenty seventh, I think, is the date of Night of Champions. So uh it just can't be Cody and he, he can't even win yeah, that title gonna... from anybody because mm-hmm. it just the whole story is him winning the one with the lineage. Like
0: <laughs> Right. That goes back to Madison Square Garden in right. the seventies.
1: Not introducing the, the, the a new The lineage, title for like him.
0: you said, like, the lineage is what matters in this particular story. It right. matters a lot. <laughs> right,
1: which is why I don't mind giving it to Seth Rollins or something. Like you don't need, like you just said it, the lineage of that in, in this story is what matters. So it's not the belt, it's the lineage. So uh I'm not going to, like if they give it to Cody, man, I'm out. Like I'm
0: out on it. Like D- I, Dusty won a better big gold belt already, <laughs> yeah. so we don't need to see that. Right. Dusty right. had already been there, yeah. done that. Yeah. So yeah. what the hell? We can't do this. Yeah. So. so that's so that's one reason why we shouldn't have this. Also, this is a consolation prize. Exactly
1: like, the way they promoted it.
0: <laughs> what is wrong with y'all? Y'all can't do this and think like people are going to respect this world champion. That's not how this works. You can't just say the Patriots have won too much, so we're going to make a new Super Bowl right. and we have two Super Bowls now. <laughs> They didn't do that in the nineties with the Bulls and say, yo, they got we got the Michael Jordan Bulls. They went in the three in a row all the time now. But you know what? We gotta create a new title because Michael Jordan got a stranglehold on it. <laughs> Here's the Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley title. <laughs> he he negotiated a great contract where he doesn't have to defend it. <laughs>
1: right. Like, next season. Yeah.
0: The Bulls are out of next season. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't even really? play. They don't hmm. have to. So we'll see them in two years. Meanwhile, here you go, Knicks and Suns and everybody else. <laughs> Play for the secondary one. Pacers. <laughs> Here you go. Jazz, second place, y'all. That's crazy. Like, they, even
1: if you – the way he started it was okay, explaining it. Like, when Roman Reigns gets drafted, he's going to stay there, so we have to introduce – we're going to introduce a new world title. But the – even that's like the bare minimum they could have done. And it wouldn't have been as ridiculous as what he literally said as like uh, Roman, you know, can't uh, contractually is not obligated to defend it as much. So we're just going to have this other title like that. It's just bad. That's bad. Like, why did they even feel the need to explain it that way? And again, bad. you said it's a Vince thing. I don't. Like Triple H seems to be like a good storyline type telling person as the guy in charge. So, if it was his idea, it was like probably the worst decision he's made thus far. Yeah, um, if it was, yeah. But honestly, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I think Vince, it's, it's just like this is gonna be the reason.
0: So you gotta explain the reason. It's like what? Like I don't know. Either it just makes who, no sense. No matter whose decision it is, it's a bad one. Yes. No matter who you want to put it on, Triple H, Vince, whoever—it's a bad decision. It's not necessary. Roman already has two titles. Technically, that's so what makes him the undisputed champion. You can dispute it again, <laughs> right? Right. You, you take have him one title long. Like, so he what are have... we doing? Are we merging the Universal Title with the WWE Championship now? Is that one title? That's which the other lineage thing. are we keeping? Are we keeping the Universal Title back to 2016? Or are we keeping the 60-year? Lineage that goes back to Bruno San Martino. Like, what are we doing? Which we have. Do we give any explanation about this? I don't think we have.
1: No, and during his run, he could have been defending, like, obviously at the big events, you know, the undisputed title, but like, you know, on TV here and there, I think he defended against Matt Riddle one time on TV last year. Like, that could have been just for the universal or the uh WWE, WWE title like they you not have d- to defend both every single he match he could have
0: defended on raw and as the just defended the WWE championship right like
1: like they they could have done that that no like every single match he's been in it was always for the undisputed title he could have defended one against Sami Zayn and elimination like they could have done it that way and yeah like it would have been goofy but it's a literal it's a, a storyline that's driven by sense you know like it's just, it, <laughs>
0: It's just that WWE put themselves in this position. Yeah, it's not like exactly. they, for one, they act like Roman Reigns can't they can't tell when Roman Reigns to lose. <laughs> exactly. like they can't tell him to lose. What? You have creative control like the Roman outcomes. Something. Yeah, right. Like what is this? Y'all control the outcomes. Y'all screwed over Bret Hart for the title <laughs> back in 97 like y'all can resort to these tactics. Y'all know that, right? Y'all can tell him when to lose. That's y'all call. Y'all control the outcomes. Number 2. You probably, you shouldn't have put both titles on Roman because you knew full well. You, you're in a brand extension with two different networks, which means one of these networks, USA in this in this instance, is going to want a champion. So why did you put the title on anyone, the both titles on anyone? You never had to merge these. It's like Vince is wanting like a big match for WrestleMania in 2022 and AT&T Stadium because, oh, we got 100,000 people. I need the biggest match possible. Not thinking of like, well when are you going to split these titles back up bro because you can't put these titles together like this now Like, again I'm team pro one championship like give me one championship to rule them all but like under these circumstances with the brand extension and you're paying you got these networks paying a billion dollars a piece they're going to want their own champion All right, then give them their own champion no Vincent I'm going to make the biggest match possible for this show and we'll figure the rest out later Roman you're a double champion now just, just, just take them both. Yeah, like his answer what?
1: was put both titles on him. So uh, storyline wise, he can appear on both shows, and, and I get that they were doing that. Even uh, you know when the Usos had both titles, they they would appear on both shows. So I like that aspect of it because they're literally champions overall and SmackDown. But that's not kind of what their story was. It wasn't. They were just showing up. Even if you know the Usos have been showing up after losing the titles at WrestleMania. So it's like, man, like, you guys are on SmackDown. Like, why you won Raw here? Like, you were not the champions anymore. Like, Sammy and Kevin should be showing off on both shows because they have both titles. And they could have explained that and really kind of creatively given themselves more rope with, with that type of thing. They just never did. They just never did. Like, for it's the just, last year, it's just been whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it just... It makes... None of this makes any sense. It makes no sense that Cody lost at WrestleMania now. Uh, it makes no sense that they put the titles together to begin with. And now we got this confusion over the lineage of the titles. Now we got... are there, Is it three? Is it two? Like, what? what is going on? Are they getting rid of the Undisputed title? I mean, not the Undisputed, the Universal? That would be my so decision. It, if you're going to merge those two titles, just get rid of the Universal title, please. Yeah,
1: I, I think they... Now that they're going to this 1,000-day thing, that's from the beginning of the universal title. So I don't think they would have wanted to change that. So that's possibly – like, but why not wait till after that to introduce a new title then? Like, why right (laughs) now? Because of the draft. Like, why right now, though? So, like, you could – I know they wanted to do the draft to coincide with the NFL draft. But, I mean, you didn't have to do that specifically. But all this would have been avoided if he just had Cody win. (laughs) Yeah. But why... So he's going through his own redemption arc now, I guess, that, you know, hopefully, eventually, he'll win the title that matters, that has the lineage and not the secondary title. But who who knows what's going on with that now? It's like, Who knows? Who knows? It's just a lot of questioning, like, we're doing right now, which still, like, a week later, not really anything's been answered. We don't even know, like... Is there a tournament that they announced that there would be a tournament yet? I don't even know if they did that on SmackDown. Um, they haven't really announced anything yet. They would just say, "Oh, the champion will be crowned at Night of Champions, <laughs> May twenty seventh <27th laughs> in Saudi Arabia." That was it. That's all we know right now. So, whatever. That's it. It's really annoying. <laughs> like really, really annoying. I'm just like wrestling up the shouldn't story be this complex. I'm it really should not.
0: I'm just reading a story where apparently. Uh, Corey Graves even says that it's like going to be less than. There's a way
1: you present it where you don't make until, it feel like that. Until the, somebody. The way they presented that literally f- said this is the less than done.
0: Right. He said, until somebody beats Roman Reigns, there will always be a perception that any other champion and any other superstar is slightly less than. So the onus is on whoever becomes whatever we champion and that the champions to put in that work, put in the work. That, you that's, add, that's, that's, that's an impossible task. <laughs> I mean, it's an impossible even, task.
1: I get it, where you have like a disputed ending at WrestleMania, and that way you split the titles, and you just have Roman have the universal because that's the one he won in 2020. So you keep that quote unquote reign going, and you just have him you split the one that he won last year. So he's still technically gonna reach a thousand days. He's just gonna have one belt and not be the undisputed. Like that would have made better sense. Yeah, I get like a WrestleMania ending resulting in splitting the titles. Maybe not as great, but I mean, like, again, you said it earlier, and every, a lot of people have said it. They backed themselves into their own corner. There was storyline and creative decisions that could have helped this story to split the titles again during th- the draft. Well, and They have, should have never like,
0: split it. They should have never put them together. Right. That's and, the problem. And,
1: that's the beginning of the issues. Nobody was they, clamoring
0: for Roman to be a double champion. Right. And
1: creatively, they could have easily fixed that. Uh, I guess, I don't want to say easily, but creatively, they could have fixed that regardless uh, of it making, like, it would have made more sense if they were just, if they did, like, a disputed ending and stripped Roman of, like, one title, but he still has the other one. Because, like, it doesn't affect his reign. That... Maybe in their mind, they're like, "Oh, like we can't have that because it's Roman Reigns and he hasn't lost in three years." Like I, I don't know what's what's going on with that, but no one's gonna be like, "You don't beat Roman; you just have like a disputed ending, one of those endings that uh-huh. you know, a double pin, maybe I don't know because so Roman doesn't technically lose, but it's a draw, and then you do it that way. That's like I, and yes, you don't maybe not have a draw in the main event at WrestleMania." But that's a better way to go about than what they've done. (laughs)
0: Yeah. We'll see. Those quotes, by the way, from Corey Graves of the Wrestling Inc. on his After the Bell podcast. Mm. But, uh, yeah. It's just just hella confusing. You got your own announcer saying, like, yeah, that's going to probably happen. But it's on the superstars to make sure, you know, they're on an equal footing. It's not going to happen. Corey? It's not going to happen. Vince? Triple H? Nobody. It's not going to happen. Like That's Rome, an impossible task. You're Roman's going giving... to be the
1: last match on every show he defends. Like it's, right. He's not going to defend his title in the middle of the show.
0: And who do you think is going to win a unification match if they ever do that? Yeah. So like I, I just, no. It's just not going to be the case. Roman didn't lose. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> you can't just be like the Chiefs are not the Super Bowl champions or like we just got a second Super Bowl champion. <laughs> The Chiefs have to lose next year at some point in the postseason or not qualify for the postseason. But they don't just like not play and they're just not the champion. They're just like, we could crown a different champion. That doesn't how that's not how that works. He's got to lose. <laughs> like, I don't, man, it doesn't make any sense. But speaking of things that didn't make a ton of sense, are you ready to talk about Backlash 2002, which features a main event, which again? Didn't make a ton of sense at the time or in hindsight, but it happened. Are you ready? (laughs) Let's go.
2: This year at WrestleMania, the crowd was unbelievable. The moment I got in the ring with The Rock, I felt Hulkamania, brother. He won the match. I won my fans back. But The Rock became
4: a purebred (laughs) Hulkamaniac. What? I always wished I could prove what I had against Pure
0: the Hulk Hulkamaniac. Gogan.
4: I'm honored to get in the ring with the him but I'm also a little bit sad. Because I've got to take a bit of my childhood and I've got to destroy it. Tonight at Backlash has now become the most
2: important night of my life. The Undisputed God, WWF so Championship represents that music. everything that I've worked <laughs> The Undisputed WWF Championship represents the fact that Hulkamania wasn't a dream
4: in this business there is only one goal and that is to be the best i will stop at nothing to make sure that i remain the undisputed world wrestling federation champion the
0: oh my god get WMF on with NBA it
2: Championship <laughs> shows that hulk hogan is the man that is the best at his game past future present you
4: talk about the icon and all the they're still that talking bro <laughs> that was then this is now i need that
2: belt it's my legacy in stone. Yes, I am the greatest. Yes, I am the Babe Ruth of the WWE. Right now, music right here,
4: tonight, there is nobody bigger, <laughs> there's nobody
2: higher than Triple H. I need that belt more than life itself at this point.
4: Getting to WrestleMania and proving that I could be everything that I once was the greatest thing ever. I will not let that be for nothing.
0: Wow, I'm not sure which intro was worse, 2001 or 2002. I mean, oh. I
1: prefer this over the "No Power, No Pulse." <laughs> At least whatever. that was kind of no, like entertaining. Gold, no gold. I, it was entertaining for the wrong reasons. At least you yeah. have the, the nice uh, little Hulk Hulk Hogan is back type thing here. Obviously, yeah. 20 plus years ago, before we do all his BS, but
0: right. Um,
1: yeah, I mean like the this was loop, also around the, the, the time loop. where I kinda just rolled my eyes at everything. It's like a a, a month ago Austin had turned heel. Uh, not a month ago, a year prior Austin was heel. Uh rolled my eyes at that. Coming back here, uh, you know, this I was kinda back a little bit. <laughs> but then, you know, after this I don't I didn't see this show live. I read the results and I just kinda rolled my eyes. I'm like, You gotta be shitting me like you put the title on Hogan. Oh, my God. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's so. what happened. But it happened at Backlash, in, which took place on April twenty first, 2002. The show emanated from the Kemper Arena, as it was known at the time, in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. I don't think uh, they mentioned
1: that once, did they? I don't remember them saying they were from Kemper Arena, just in Kansas City. So maybe they
0: Well, maybe not. Well, there's a reason why they yeah. didn't say Kemper Arena. It's yeah. because, yeah. of course, this is the arena where... Uh, it's an unfortunate, you know, circumstance. Just, we know this arena. It's the building where Owen Hart fell to his death during a pay-per-view in 1999, where Vince McMahon just continued to show yeah. uh, without thinking about his talent or the fans, you know, how they felt about witnessing someone plunged to, the, to their death. But, you know, I digress, you know. But, yes. Uh, I mean, he thought about...
1: I guess the way he thought about the fans was, oh, the, you know, they paid money. It's like that's your first thing. Like <laughs> that's your first money. thought. Literally, that's
0: <laughs> they didn't get their money's worth. I, f- I think they had. I their don't fill yeah, for I tonight, think they bro. wouldn't mind if it just yeah, kind of ended it. But I think they're good. Uh, but Kansas City is the home of this year's NFL draft. Speaking of the draft, yeah. man, do we got man the Eagles. Stole all the Stole headlines the during the Stole draft. Stole the show. Stole the show. They said, <laughs> they, you know they what? Made a not, Dolph we might not win the Super Bowl, but we're going to win this damn draft, boy. <laughs> we, we came up just short of the Super Bowl, but damn it, we're going for it all this year.
1: And maybe that was a good thing, you know, for our team, you know, heading into next year. And hopefully we're back in the Super Bowl and hopefully Jeez. they win it. But maybe, uh, you know, winning the Super Bowl—you don't know if they would have got lax a little bit. Uh, no, there's no, no way. Howie, Howie said no.
0: <laughs> no, no relaxing. I'm trying to go back
1: and was making no making the car- making the Cardinals pay you
0: for taking your coach because <laughs> they no that's no because that was rotten. That it was. Up. It to, really was to, to talk to the coach before the Super Bowl. Right. When you, obviously you're not allowed but also let that person focus on their job and it's like it's not a good look for either side and like for Gannon or for um, the Cardinals because Gannon you, you know you want your coach to be focused on winning this game not preparing his interview materials right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying like, like knowing that he's rough.
1: probably going to be a head coach like obviously that's going to take a lot of your space yeah. in your head you're yeah like, that's man, rough I'm going to be, be a head coach a, a
0: and he had two days. busted coverages that gave up touchdowns like, <laughs> the same ooh. play
1: Three Pretty in the much. same play, I think.
0: Pretty much. One, two but, of them for
1: touchdowns. Like,
0: oh, But true. the Eagles, they went, they, they're went—they coming back with a vengeance in <laughs> 2023. Or, and,
1: you know, what makes me laugh is everyone's saying, oh, the Cardinals self-reported. And I was like, man, they they self-reported they because not. how he, how he yeah. said.
0: <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you're going to report, report this. Or... <laughs> or we report. You do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, You're not playing with y'all. Bastards. So, yeah, the Eagles <laughs> – uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and then acquiring DeAndre Swift yes. and drafting another Georgia corner. So they got all the Georgia players. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stenson Bennett is somewhere lurking in the distance. Did he get drafted? By the way, Stenson I Bennett. Think he did. I think the Rams got him. The but... Rams, good for him. I'm surprised he wasn't yeah. an Eagle. Like, get the whole roster. Get where's yeah. Kirby Smart? Get the coach somewhere. Like, Bulldog. Definitely interviewed him. Line. I
1: believe they interviewed him, but uh, he was. Like, my uh... goodness. He was I guess I think getting surgery, right? So he was
0: gonna miss some yeah. time or so but it's, maybe it's next a, year I'll be But the connection going, the connection yeah. is that the there's a defensive backs coach for the, the, the for Georgia who is a Camden native and an Eagles fan. So <laughs> he's creating a pipeline to for yes. players to win help him win national championships. And then go on up to right. Philadelphia to help my favorite football team win <laughs> Super Bowls. <laughs> Catching you on both ends. Listen,
1: man, we, we saw that defense in the Super Bowl, and we were like, never again. <laughs> right? Let's get these, <laughs> right. get these look, Georgia Bulldogs y'all, y'all up y'all here. Need,
0: y'all need some players. <laughs> I got, We got Jalen. We got Nolan. We got the corner, <laughs> too. I forget the corner's name. We got him, too. Yeah. All right? Ringo. Come get him. All right? Y'all need help. <laughs>
1: Brown, Ringo.
0: Yes. Was Brown from uh, Georgia? I forget. I don't remember, was, but he got I, Now I got to look Still, up.
1: They had a good... Very good draft, addressing a lot of needs on the defensive side. Hopefully, uh, you know everyone stays healthy. Oh, and, Sydney uh,
0: Brown's from Illinois. He's a Canadian. Yeah. So So Ke- Kelly Ke- Ke- Ringo, Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure how to say his first name. I probably butchered that. But Keeley, uh, uh, Keeley. I'm name. just gonna say Ringo for now. So I figure it out. <laughs> but Sydney Brown, his Canadian uh, sa- safety from uh, Illinois. He's really good safety too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and he got him in the third round. So, uh, yeah. Eagle stall and a new Defensive coordinator
1: that hopefully, you know, will improve their defense. And hell, you got Jalen Hurts coming back on an extension. You know, How that man that? doesn't never rests. So um, <laughs> I like I like where we're at. You and many others.
0: <laughs> you and could, many others. We could be
1: at a much worse place, uh, but we're not. So
0: Yeah, yeah. And still got draft capital. So yeah. uh but the Kemper Arena as it was known back then is now known as the High V Arena. Uh and it touts itself as the nation's first multi level, multifunctional sports complex. So there's that, if you you know, according to his website. Okay. So you know, they don't really have uh it's not the main building anymore in Kansas City. They don't really host uh WWE shows anymore. I think they go to the T Mobile Center now. Mm. Um, but they host like high school and college, you know, sporting events stuff like that. So the High V Arena in Kansas City. Uh, the timing again of this deep dive. It's kind of it's kind of funny, given that where we are at this time in 2002, as WWF had unified the top two titles in pro wrestling, not separated. They don't have three walking around. They said, you know what? We're going to unify them and create one champion to rule them all, because that's the smart thing to do. And they merged WWF and the WCW W World Heavyweight Titles into one, calling it the w, the Undisputed WWF Championship. Those titles were unified in December of two thousand one and at the Triple H won the title in two thousand two at WrestleMania in two thousand two. WWF gave him that one title to rule them all. The Undisputed Championship, which was a beautiful design. Agreed. What did you think about that title design?
1: I liked it a lot. I thought it was too small at first, but I think they made it bigger once uh, I think Brock so got it. So yeah,
0: because it looks small on Triple H. Yeah, yeah. And so, I remember it, the belt being huge. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't like it at
1: first because of the size of it. It's like, man, if you can't make a big world title, like what? I can't take it seriously. You know, I didn't. I actually didn't like the original Winged Eagle title WWF had because I thought it was just so small compared to the big gold belt. Um, I agree beautiful with you on design, that. I, beautiful yeah. design, but it's just too too small for me. If they
0: brought it back, that would just make it bigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just make and it bigger. They
1: they tried that when Austin won it, but it just you know eventually he got his own Smoking Skull belt. So I mean that the the bigger belt looked a lot better, but um, yeah, this this design was great. I loved it, but I liked the you know the one Brock had more.
0: Yeah, the bigger title, bigger yeah. version of this was great, and this like I said it was a great looking title that only lasted three years. Yeah. Until John Cena brought out that damn spinner belt, which lasted eight whole years. Right. Everybody had it. Edge. Goodness <laughs> gracious. CM Punk. Triple H hell? had it. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what? How? But yet, this title was only held by like Triple H, Brock, Kurt Angle, and JBL <laughs> Like <laughs> until Cena got it. Great. This is a beautiful belt. It was. It's a great belt. Should have lasted longer. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if they brought it back, by the way. Uh, I was hoping but, that that would have been like a nice
1: design to bring back for the raw title nowadays, but whatever.
0: I agree. Let's not, you know, mess around with the big goal. Leave the big goal where it was. We can bring this title design back. But whatever. Uh Triple H's first opponent though, one, after he got this big, beautiful title, well not really big yet, but nice beautiful title, is the immortal Hulk Hogan, who got his groove back despite losing at WrestleMania. <laughs> You know, gone was the black and white of the New World Order, and back was the old, reliable red and yellow. No, no real American song, though. No, I didn't like that. He had, if you're going to go all Jimmy in Hendrix. on the nostalgia, you
1: got to go all in.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you there, but Jimi Hendrix and Voodoo Child is a bop. I'm not like too mad at it, even though we can't hear it on Peacock, though. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's shame so of it.
1: ridiculously like annoying. It ruins my viewing experience. When I Man. know something is so heavily edited. It
0: is it is kind of tough, especially because, you know, the crowd noise is kind of edited, yeah. too. Yeah, And it's just, I wanted to hear that, the the ovation that Hogan's going to get on this night. But yeah, because it definitely didn't, no wasn't
1: lo- as loud as Triple H <laughs> on this <laughs> particular show on Peacock.
0: Yeah, to no avail. Uh, but Hogan was on a bit of a resurgence at this point. He and The Rock tore the house down at WrestleMania, and judging by the fan reaction during that match, Hokamania was apparently alive. Still alive and very well. Yep. And Vince saw that and was like, it's 1985 again, y'all. <laughs> All Hogan, those
1: years of, you know, putting down the older guys in WCW, that doesn't matter anymore because there's no competition. So
0: Right. Hogan, right back to the main event, baby, just like old times. Where's Roddy Piper at? Yeah. Let's be him. He'll be he'll be back next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> they true. really
1: brought him back.
0: And he put Hulk, Hulk Hogan in the main event of a pay-per-view against his babyface champion that just won the title. Yeah, Comeback Who, story. Right. He just triumphed from coming back from a torn quad. Another example of Vince being short-sighted in his booking, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. But Hulkamania, it's back, right? Nostalgia. However, this is also the the timing is also really good because this is the first pay-per-view after the WWE held its first ever WWE draft. Yes. We're recording this only a couple of days after the WWE's most recent draft, which largely means nothing. <laughs> I mean, do you care about the draft in, in this current I do. I like it.
1: I like I'm a mark for it.
0: So, but everybody appears on both shows anyway. Well, they will eventually. Uh, I
1: mean, we'll see.
0: They will eventually, probably. We'll I mean, see. Bianca Belair has been on SmackDown and Raw in the last four years. Like, what's she's been uh, on both
1: shows? What's up with that? Did they mention you know her as a Raw champion being on SmackDown? Like, what are They're they gonna, gonna do? Probably with
0: that? trade the titles like they did with um. that time it was with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. <sighs> so they'll probably do that again. But she was on SmackDown when she won the SmackDown title in twenty twenty one. She goes to Raw, wins the Raw title, and is there for a couple years. Now she's back on SmackDown. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> like like come on Cody's on Raw, Roman's on SmackDown, but only only Roman and his cousin uh Solo Solo and Paul, and Paul Heyman Are on SmackDown. The Usos, who knows. Okay, they're, they're in the pool uh for Raw. So they were split up for whatever
1: reason, so they weren't in the same pool. So Man. maybe creating interest for Raw, I don't know. I'm
0: not fairly intrigued, but... I don't care about the draft now, but 20 years ago, it was pretty revolutionary, right? I loved it, yeah. And it was also kind of needed. You know, WWF was dealing with an influx of talent after its purchase of of WCW, and instead of crowding everyone on the same roster or keeping WCW alive, which in hindsight probably would have been the better decision, uh, they divided the roster up between Raw and SmackDown, and Vince McMahon put himself in charge of SmackDown and made Ric Flair in charge of raw uh the top two champions triple h and jazz they were eligible to appear to appear on both shows and everyone else was fair game and that meant wwf splitting up longtime tag teams such as the hardy boys which kind of worked out in the end i think both guys kind of did well on their own uh and the dudley boys which did not (laughs) (laughs) they should have never broken up uh but and the apa which we saw yeah and the apa which i was going to mention a little bit later Uh, But however, it also meant there was room for new talent to breathe and get some exposure. So that was the benefit. Uh, It was also an interesting time in company history because it it was just overall interesting. With this whole draft and you got this undisputed champion and it felt like a whole new era had dawned after WrestleMania. Uh, It's just crazy how much, how all of this thought went in and logic went into the draft at this point. And how most of that's been tossed out the window by this point. Like, like by now, by current day standards, we have a guy who's an undisputed champ who's not really undisputed anymore. He gets drafted to one show alongside his cousin and his manager. We didn't know they were a package deal, but here they are. The Usos are not a part of that package, even though they're a part of the same family. I don't know. It's weird. It does further the story that Roman Reigns is ghosting his cousins, which is kind of wild, but... (laughs) Was Still, likes my logic. favorite.
1: even Sammy mentioning it. Like, dude hasn't even spoken one word to you since WrestleMania. Like, I kind of I'm enjoying that one.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty wild that Roman Reigns is doing that to his cousins, <laughs> just from one loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you it was WrestleMania. Here. Yeah,
1: WrestleMania yeah. Actually, now two. Because uh, I mean, that was yeah. I guess he was waiting for the rematch and. They lost that too, so now that'll be even worse.
0: I will say this though about the 2002 draft: that one thing I didn't like about it was splitting up tag teams. I think tag teams should be a package deal in every draft. That's just my opinion. I don't. I think WWE was just unnecessarily splitting up teams at this point just to do it, just to shake things up. But like in hindsight, splitting up the APA, splitting up the Dudley Boys didn't make any sense. Like for what?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's other tag
0: teams they could have split up to kind of do right. this, but and you know, they they, I guess the they, Hardy wanted, boys they wanted to make fine. the mark of
1: hey, this means something, so they went that route. And what, Hardys, Dudleys, and APA all reunited. <laughs> so. Oh
0: yeah, how about that? And like I said, I think it largely it pretty worked. It worked out pretty well for the Hardys. I think in the end, I mean as far as Matt Hardy becoming a like Cruiserweight champion and doing his own thing, they right. both got fired. <laughs> so maybe it did work Jeff Hardy out became
1: actually. world champ eventually. But <laughs> yeah, years, eventually. Years
0: later. <laughs> years later. So maybe in the short term it did not work out because, again, yeah. Jeff Hardy was fired by, like, what, later in the year? Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. Matt Hardy got fired by, like, 04? Yep. So maybe not in, in in the short term. But in the long run, I think going their separate ways and carving out their own careers worked out for them. But I don't think it necessarily worked out for the Dudley boys, uh, or APA. Well well, I'd worked out for Bradshaw. He won WW championship, yeah. so you can say that for him. And
1: but. Luckily, I guess for Batista, the Dudleys were split. It kind oh of, my god. It kinda of showed him what didn't work <laughs> when he was Deacon Batista. So Deacon Batista. <laughs> can you imagine your Wait. only shot being Deacon Batista? And you know, yeah. that's it. Like you know, if it, if it wasn't for that Dudley split, would we have uh, seen a one and done for Batista? You know,
0: Reverend devon yeah. We haven't done a deep dive with Reverend Divon yet. I'm almost like yeah. waiting. I want to do it now. And <laughs> <Like, laughs> Deacon Batista uh, with the with the money box around his neck, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What Deacon uh. Batista? Um, but. As you heard, that the opening video package was long and dramatic and boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was just bored, bro. I'm sorry. And then we get a look at the Pyro and the set for Backlash in 2002, which features a game the teeth on them again, which is
1: yeah.
0: interesting. It took the teeth off this time. <laughs> uh, we also get like a full ramp and stage, which you did not get the last two years. Yeah, sweet. And there's an LED screen at the top. You know, there's a new addition. So, there's that. We get JR and Jerry Lawler on the call. They're calling all the matches, even though there's Raw yeah, and SmackDown. But, that I didn't like. Yeah, there's, you know, was it Michael Cole and Taz at this point still calling SmackDown? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, no Michael Cole and, Smack, uh, and Taz representing SmackDown. Just JR and, T- uh, and JR, uh, JR and Jerry the King Lawler. I can't speak all of a sudden. Uh, JR called Hogan in his intro, the Babe Ruth of the World Wrestling Federation, and Triple H was the Barry Bonds, which is like, yeah. I don't think y'all wanted yeah. to make that comparison, necessarily, <laughs> given the PED usage among some of those people. I ain't gonna name no names, but we shouldn't be, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe by this point, it's only 2002, um, but still, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: uh, and, and it, again, I'm rolling my eyes because I spent years listening to JR talk crap on Hogan, and now all of a sudden, because he's back and the crowd loves him, I'm supposed to just forget all that. It's like, you literally trained me to hate Hogan, like, you bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here with that.
0: (laughs) Literally trained me to hate Hogan. But here we are, red and yellow. He's fine again. Yeah, right. Yay! Yay! He was a lethal dose of poison, just like <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> he was a leader of the poison, and that and now poison he's like,
1: on this show was not very, like, very uh, lethal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> that so dosage the is, is <laughs> has weakened, <laughs> De- devenomized. <laughs> okay, that NWO, our opening match of backlash in 2002. It's for the WWF Cruiserweight Championship. They thought there was WCW at this point. They really took on the mantra. <laughs> putting Cruiserweight title matches in the opening matches of pay-per-views.
1: I totally forgot this was here this early. I thought it like <laughs> yeah. debuted
0: later in the year, but... We got hmm. Tajiri going up against the champion, the current champion, Billy Kidman. This is the, fir-
1: the only time I've watched the show front to back, by the way, for this deep dive, so...
0: Same. I've never watched the show front to back. Yeah. Uh, but wait, I forgot that Tajiri and Tori Wilson were dating on screen. <laughs> Me too. Number one. But then I was like, okay, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Okay, I, now that I thought about it, okay, yeah, I remember. But I don't remember t- t- Tajiri turning heel and turning Tori into a geisha girl. <laughs> what? It was, it was like
1: after he got the girl too. It was like it was a. I think it was like a feel good story. Tajiri was a babyface, and then once you Know they were together, then he started treating her like crap. It's like, oh, well, that's nice, it's a nice storyline.
0: She's being all docile while Tajiri's bossing her mm-hmm. around, and now yeah. the white savior has to come to her rescue. And Billy Kidman, <laughs> I mean, of course, in oh, real yeah, life, they were married in real life. That's right, Kidman and Tori were dating at yeah. this point, but they, they, they didn't get married until 2003. Ah, uh, but yeah, so it made sense to, to put them together on the screen, but but. Um, this doesn't make any sense Um, (laughs) of course Tori Wilson and uh, Kidman married in 2003 they divorced in 2008 only after 5 years Uh, so not a super long time but there's that Uh, but again this match I've mentioned it multiple times during the show but this match and one or two more is just a microcosm of the depth of talent WWE had had at the time to just casually just throw out Tajiri and Kidman (laughs) on backlash like it was nothing like here oh here goes to jerry and kidman it's like damn like those are those are two guys <laughs> like yeah. they're, just, they're just here um kidman at one point missed a shooting star pressed uh to jerry followed it up with a vicious i mean nasty kick to kidman's head uh but the champ kicked out kidman didn't hit a powerbomb from the top rope which was kind of dope mm. uh but to jerry kicked out of that and the fans, this is why I know that the fans were super into this match, and rightfully so, because Tajiri and Billy Kidman are really good. Uh, Kidman goes for another power bomb, but Tajiri missed them in the face and then pinned them <laughs> to win the match and to win the title. Shielding it from the ref, too. Hey, smart. Yeah. Was Tajiri the champion coming into this match, or was Kidman? He was I'm not. Right? Kidman was. Okay, just... Kidman was. So I put to retain the title for some reason, but Tajiri won the title uh, in a pretty unique finish. With the with the miss coming from out of the power bomb. And you know, a way another way to get more heat on Tajiri, even though he's people are probably more mad about him dating Tori Wilson than anything else. Uh, then after the match, Michael Cole runs up on Tajiri and, you know, asks him, like, Hey man, like, what happened? What you do out there? And Tajiri spoke Japanese, but I feel like everyone knew that what Tajiri really said, was saying was that he got the baddest chick in the game wearing his chain. Ain't he the champ now. So get out of my way. So that's pretty much what I interpreted what Tajiri said. I don't know what you took away from that promo. Woo! That's funky. Okay. (laughs) That's probably what he said. He
1: he said it. he was speaking for about 20 seconds, but that's probably the gist of what he said.
0: Yeah, that's that's just what I feel like he said. He spoke Japanese. I'm not sure. But just judging by his facial expressions and his mannerisms, it felt like he was just like, "I'm that guy. I'm the champ, and I got the baddest chick in the game." So we out, <laughs> and then he left. So there's that. How uh, we move that. on?
1: shooting star press just always irks me a little bit. It scares me because
0: it's Why so is that? like
1: uncontrolled. Like <laughs> it just looks so uncontrolled. Like he never does it straight. It's always like tilted or slanted. Or like his knee could always hit somebody in the head or something. I don't know. Just I think he did that with somebody before too. It's just, I don't know. I always get, I always wince when he does it because I feel like he's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> I don't, know, just I don't me, know if I've ever seen him do it though. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I, he definitely hurt somebody. It might have been a WCW with uh, kneeing him in the head. Obviously accidental, but that's why every time he does a shooting star, I'm just like. I hope I hope everyone's prepared. <laughs> they're prepared to potentially just,
0: get their face broken. Yeah, because it's
1: just—I mean, you just watch his shooting stars, and they're just always
0: crazy. I don't know. I don't know
1: the right word for it, but it just—it <laughs> makes me tense when I when I see him ready. It to makes go. you uneasy.
0: But it does. It Makes you uneasy. I understand. I understand where you're coming from there. Uh, but moving on from that. We're now backstage with the APA, who have been split up via the draft. Uh, they congratulate each other, like, oh man, I'm watching you on SmackDown, I'm watching you on Raw, damn, you're doing pretty good, like, you know, they're like happy to see each other, and then they hear the NWO music, and they're like, oh, here come, here, here, here they go, the quote unquote lethal dose of poison again, uh, and that lethal dose of poison destroyed the APA's office, because, I mean, they weren't using it anymore, so... Why not, I yeah, guess, but yeah. that pissed off the APA, and specifically Bradshaw, who was going against Scott Hall in our next match, which is a strange one-on-one match in a pay-per-view. A match that I never knew took place. <laughs> Me neither. Scott Hall versus Bradshaw on Backlash. <laughs> I feel like Backlash is the only place for this match to happen. It's <laughs> <laughs> certainly not, Raw, not WrestleMania.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a strange combo. Uh, X Pac comes out with Scott Hall, and X Pac is wearing Kane's mask. Um, so there's that, uh, and yeah, this NWO was wh- was whack. It, the lethal dose had worn off by this point. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. They like Kevin Nash, I guess, was what they said suspended. Um, yeah, pro- probably hurt or, or something, but uh,
0: yeah, probably.
1: It's just so funny here. I think Lawler was the one that said something about. Um, you know, you know, you want to, you know, beat him before they, you know, take over the whole WWE. It's like he's trying to kind of give excuses as to, yeah, we know they're not at full strength right now. <laughs>
0: like, right. you got Scott Hall mm-hmm. and X Pac wearing Kane's mask, and it's like the lethal dose of it. poison is still running wild. <laughs> like, no, it's it. not. <laughs> no, it's not. We've lessened the dosage by this point. <laughs> It's just it's just whack, bro. This week, like, man really swore he was doing something with the new world order and just mess it up. purge, peruse.
1: Would have been better if it was just Razor Ramon here and the One Two Three Kid, right?
0: <laughs> Pretty much versus Even Justin Hall. give me fake Razor and One Two Three. I don't know, like yeah, that's true. <laughs> fake Razor and Lightning Kid would have been better than Scott Hall and the NWO in 2002 and. X-Pac, not even six, he's X-Pac, with Kane's mask on. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Where were we in 2002? Uh, Farouk comes out in support of Vince Van Bradshaw to even the odds. And Scott Hall and X-Pac are beside themselves. And so are the fans, because they love the APA. And they're chanting the APA's name, and Vince is just like, don't worry guys, I know what's best for (laughs) y'all. I made the right decision <laughs> y'all gonna see it took like three years to get Bradshaw on track for him to become the bigoted politician <laughs> like character pretty much in 2000 like 2004 technically so two years to get John Bradshaw Layfield and Farouk just I don't know what happened with Farouk after that he just started saying damn and that was his character so good job oh uh, yeah you found somebody to put John yeah, Cena over. What did they,
1: uh, I guess, Heyman fired him, right? And Farouk's like, uh, come with me. And Bradshaw, like, stay behind. So that was like Bradshaw's heel turn <laughs> into JBL. And Farouk was just like, damn. Walked away.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. And that was I it. I don't remember what he did after that.
0: Me he neither. It I guess. I guess. But here he is. He's out here with Bradshaw. Uh, before you know, to help out his friend. Uh, people, by the way, still hated X Pac. Like we, t- we talked about <laughs> yeah. the X Pac heat from last year in two thousand one, uh, and they're still going with X Pac sucks. Chance, it's wild. <laughs> Anytime they see this man, they are on him. Okay, uh, Farouk, even though he's just a, a witness to this match, he's not in the match. He starts whooping all kinds of ass at one point, <laughs> and the ref stops nothing. No,
1: <laughs> I guess he it's just, a no DQ match.
0: He just beat up Sky Hall. Like it was not like he was in the match. He would have thought this was a Bradshaw at one point hits a close line from hell, but X-Pac takes Sky Hall's leg and places it on the bottom rope. X Pac distracts the APA by getting his ass whooped. They just beat him up. Like that's how he distracted them. He's like, Hey guys, I'm right here. And they said, What you doing here? Poop 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 pat mink, mink, And but that allowed Sky Hall to hit a low blow on Bradshaw and pick up the win. APA, too busy pick, whooping ass, mm. lost the match. <laughs> That's a way for the APA to lose. Great. You know, they're just too busy beating everybody up and then didn't notice that the match was going on. And they lose the match.
1: That poison's getting stronger.
0: <laughs> X-Pac wasn't even in the match, but took like half the bumps. <laughs> like they threw him up against the ring post. He's getting tossed around, getting punched on. He did a lot of work in that match. But we'll move on. We're backstage as Vince McMahon barges into Ric Flair's office. Rick Flair at this point, again, is the not only does he run Raw, he's the co owner of the World Wrestling Federation. He owns Raw. Okay. Arn Anderson is also in there hanging out. How about that? Uh Vince warns Ric is like, hey man, no matter what an owner does, your employees will always be ungrateful. This <laughs> is <laughs> this isn't this, isn't,
1: this is man the character talking either. This is like mm. probably literally what
0: he says in real life. He wrote that for himself. Yep. God damn it. They they never appreciate me. They never do it. I pay them so much money. You know, and I can see Vince right now. We can all see it. He him complaining about how much he pays his wrestlers while ignoring the fact that he doesn't pay for their benefits or their travel or their gear or Mm. anything else (laughs) besides the salary, which he's probably underpaying them on that too. Probably. Um, But again, we're here. Uh, flair vows though that he'll never be like Vince McMahon but in reality they're not that far off (laughs) (laughs) you really think about it uh they're two old men who still wish they were in like their 30s or 40s and just won't let go of the spotlight
1: Mm
0: -mm -mm. Vince should have retired 10 years ago yet he's still running around here trying to look even younger than what he did when he was in his 50s Mm. he's in his 70s yeah and he's got his jet black hair and his jet black mustache (laughs) what is he doing and then you got Rick Flair who's admitted he still drinks like there's no tomorrow. And he's like in his 70s, still wanting to wrestle. Sit down somewhere. Have a just enjoy the, the fruits of your labor. You've done it all already. Sit down. But nope, they won't. So they're still hanging around. But up next, it is now time for the WWF Women's Championship. It is Trish Stratus challenging. The champion, Jazz. Remember Jazz is women's champion?
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: <laughs> I mean, she was good. I don't know how long she was champion. Though. It didn't seem like it was for a very long period of time, but they put well, her over I, strong I believe, in the beginning.
1: Um, I already started uh, my research into uh, Backlash 03 for next week, and I think Jazz was the women's champion as well <laughs> at, at that one. So um, not very Many long reigns for the women's title, but uh, Jazz was around for at least two reigns.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was around and she was good. I, yeah. I'm not sure why she didn't stick around longer, but they used to, I mean, like you said, they gave her the title multiple times, and she was a black woman at a time where you didn't see a lot of black women in wrestling, at least at the top of the card, that's for damn sure. And she was badass too. So,
1: yeah, I remember seeing her in uh, ECW, and I was like. I like this woman, and I don't think she went to WCW. So it was like from ECW to WWE, and uh, at least she got some. She, had a, <laughs> she had a run.
0: She had a run. It probably could have been.
1: They actually had the same exact match the next year in 03.
0: Only That's that wild. time Tris was the champ. <laughs> oh, how about that? How about that? Uh, and but Jazz had Theodore Lone with her. <laughs> so oh, I'll yeah. We'll dive deep into that next week. Here comes the Mac Lunatic. <laughs> Coming to get it on. <laughs> Rodney Mac, <laughs> So stupid, that song. Um, but before Jazz comes out to defend her title, Molly Holly comes out. Molly Holly lost to Trish Stratus in a number one contenders match. Mm. But Trish Stratus... She uh won by some nefarious means. Molly Holly is essentially picking up where Ivory left off where rights the censor. And she called Trish a cheater. Oh. And saying that the fans deserved a pure baby, a pure champion. <laughs> <laughs> and then after saying that, then she just punched Trish straight in the face with the microphone. <laughs> mm, that's <laughs> kind of gangster. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. For as pure and as holy, holier than thou, as Molly Holly was, he just came out straight up punk Trish Stratus,
1: and hey, then Jazz been comes
0: been out in the face. middle of Molly Holly, Molly Holly whooping all kinds of ass, and then Jazz picks up where Molly Holly left off and <laughs> continues to whoop ass. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, this was a good match, though. I don't know if you had any notes from this match, but it was a good one. Um, the damage that Molly Holly did to Trish proved to be too much for her, and Jazz won by submission.
1: Yeah, I will say these women's matches in this era were always short, but um, there were very few that uh, could pack a lot into a short match. And I think there was a lot packed into this match where it's pretty good. Um, it, I guess the official times for, okay, four minutes, 29 seconds. So it uh, didn't feel like Four minutes 29 seconds, you know, they do a lot of moves. Um, there, there's a lot of action in it, there's not very much, much, you know, downtime. And uh, I like that. I like that in these, this era of women's matches, at least you can count on you know, action and not just like rest yeah. holes and you know, whatever. They they were trying out there, and
0: I mean, they should have gotten more time,
1: but you know,
0: right? That's what they say, they had three, four, five minutes, so they had to pack in a lot, like they, they had. had to. Mm-hmm. In order to get this stuff in. Otherwise... He needed, he you needed only, that
1: Jericho uh, <laughs>
0: promo later on. He needed that <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> God forbid, yeah.
1: you know, the women go 10
0: minutes. So No, they, only five, and y'all better get it. as much in as possible in that five. That's how it was. And look, like you said, to their credit, they typically did. Like, this match was good. Mm. It was short, and I think it could have benefited from a little more time, but uh, maybe five more minutes or something like that to really flesh some things out, but what that the time that they got, I thought they made the most of it, and they told a good story. And that Trish was beat up from getting beat up by Molly Holly, <laughs> yeah. and Jazz taking advantage to win the match. So, but two matches, two heel winners. Mm. Uh Looks like Vince is really gearing up for Hulkamania. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing here. He's got his red and yellow draws on again. Okay, three three heel winners. That's three G- off to
1: Jerry and uh, Hall, and now Jazz.
0: You're right. Man, three. Oh, I can miscount geez. it. So, yeah,
1: he's really gearing up. I only remember that because I, I labeled the number of matches. This is
0: the third match. <laughs> I was like, wait, let me go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kidman
1: lost. Thank you for correcting me.
0: Yeah. Who was the guy that interviewed Jazz after the match?
1: Uh, Some dude.
0: Some dude. No, she, it didn't matter. She didn't answer any of his questions. Um, so It was Mark Lloyd, but I don't remember him doing Mark too much. Mark Lloyd. Yeah.
1: I'm more of a Josh Matthews kind of guy.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you had your uh, 2000s uh, <laughs> ringside reporter, backstage interviewer, power rankings ready uh, to I go. I like Josh Matthews.
1: I thought he was good at what he did. I knew he was definitely way too small. Like, I don't even think he would have been good in the cruiserweight division because um, especially that that time frame was like 2000, 2001. Uh, they, were, they bought WCW. They were bringing in, you know, talent. Yeah, Ma- Matthews. Probably not a great, uh, you know, maybe not hanging with that talent too well. But as a commentator, I think he commentated Velocity. You know,
0: I, he was he was all right. Yeah, he was, a, he was, and he's still is. He still calling matches. Ah, uh, he was an Impact. But he I was an Impact for a long replaced, time. So yeah, because um Tom, Tom, Tom Hannafan, yeah, former Tom Phillips, is a voice of Impact now. So I don't know where he is now. If he is yeah.
1: doing anything or not.
0: But he was an impact for a long time. I do recall that. Um, But moving on from Mark Lloyd, uh, not getting any of his questions answered by Jazz, uh, we get a video package of Paul Heyman being hella creepy to Lita during uh, multiple segments. Uh, Heyman is messing with Lita because he's representing his new client, Brock Lesnar who's going into his first actual match against Jeff Hardy. Uh, well, eventually be known as Jeff Hardy. I don't think that was the case at this point when Lita slapped a taste out of Paul Heyman's mouth while Paul Heyman's was rocking a Raiders hat for some reason. I've never seen him wear a Raiders yeah. hat. Um, usually he's like a Yankees hat all the time if he wears a hat. Right. But whatever. Uh, and then at one point on Raw... Paul Heyman came out with a suitcase full of what was supposed to be leader's thongs. Like, what's this weird, weird, creepy stuff here? Like, what's going on? This the road we're taking with Paul Heyman is make him a sleaze ball? Why? Uh, but Lesnar hits an to F5 to Matt Hardy on the stage. It looked terrible. <laughs> it looked like a bad day for Matt Hardy. Uh, which is, you know, it's a good thing that they said you can sit home for a week and pretend to heal up or something like that, like... <laughs> it looked really bad it really so up. <laughs> right look for real heal up and then before the match we're in the locker room and Paul Heyman's giving Brock Lesnar this big pep talk you know and Brock is just getting incensed and he he leaves out and it's now time for Brock Lesnar's first televised match at least on WWE. Since, you know, unless you want to count oVw For his first televised match in WWF, it is Brock Lesnar against Jeff Hardy. Because Matt Hardy was way too hurt to do this. (laughs) Uh, First thing I noticed was, man, was Brock Lesnar's theme song trash. What was it? I didn't
1: even pay attention to that.
0: How could you not? I was expecting to hear the Brock Lesnar song. Right. And I did not uh-huh. get that. It was just Brock walking out with a generic song and his generic Titan Tron he just walks out with a generic entrance. <laughs> I mean he's still a monster, but like you know, given what we have seen from him over the years, like this was this was hella generic. This felt like when you create a character in a video game, and of course you create the like the big strongest dude you can create in in a wrestling video game, but you don't have enough like points to like get the cool entrance yet, you get the <laughs> generic entrance, you know. <laughs> So you walk out looking all stupid and corny. That was Brock. He got the like the creator superstar entrance number five. It was real bad, and the and the, and the creator superstar music number six. It was terrible. It was real bad. Uh, we all know how that's, how this is going to go, though. Okay, Jeff Hardy. He gives it his best. He he tries his hardest. Bless his heart, the poor kid. He tried his best. Okay. But Brock Lesnar was just too much. He hit an F5 and then three power bombs. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. Three of them. Teddy Long saw this falling and felt so bad for Jeff Hardy he stopped the match. He said, he can't take anymore. Please, you're going to kill this boy. this
4: is not the way it's going to go down tonight players
0: (laughs) right ring the bell players (laughs) this brother is gone he about to go to the upper room if we keep playing all right he about to give up the ghost out here we got to stop this match but it was a very unique finish to show how dangerous brock was Like the rest were just in fear of of Jeff Hardy's long term health. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, that's how dominant Lesnar was. I thought it was a hell of a way to put Lesnar over. Yeah. Instead of him just pinning someone, they just stopped it. It's like, please God, don't hurt this man. I'm
1: sure I was rolling my eyes again. It's like, this new guy is just killing the legendary Hardy brothers. Loser.
0: The legendary Hardy I prob- Brothers. probably hated
1: it at the time. Again, I didn't watch this live, but reading the results, I'm just like, of course. They're burying the Hardys, <laughs> <laughs> burying them
0: with the, the biggest, largest freaking nature athlete you've ever seen in your life. I don't think that's a burial. <laughs> like- See, I, I
1: had no idea who, I, no clue. Brock was as legit as he was
0: back then. But look at him! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, a
1: big, strong guy. I, you never saw those guys as agile and athletic as he was, so I was just like, oh, another big guy. Ho-hum. Boring. <laughs> Plus, he had Paul Heyman, who...
2: And his, his agent, a pancake-sized fever blister on the lips of life. Paul Heyman
1: on the outside.
0: Man, that is detailed. <laughs> really
1: is. <laughs> I, I rewound it like eight times. That is wild. Like, what the What? A pancake-sized fever blister on the lips of
0: life. <laughs> like, ooh. That is descriptive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, pancake-sized. Because pancakes are big.
0: Yeah. yeah so
1: and that's a big fever blister. <laughs> like,
0: they're pancakes. <laughs> you know? I had pancakes this
1: morning for breakfast, by the way. Went to uh I'm- McDonald's got got their hotcakes just because of this.
0: Yeah, they're like they, you only get three of those because they're like they're big. Yeah. <laughs> they're good you as hell. You should eat more than that. <laughs> you know, pancake sized blister on the lips of life. It's bad enough he called you a fever blister on the lips of life, but not only <laughs> that, you're a pancake sized one. You're a massive one, man. Jr. He, did he not like Paul Heyman? Like, he must not have. He must not have liked him, at least at this point. He must have been fed up with him. What did Paul Heyman do at this point to piss the old, good old JR off to this extent?
1: Try to put him out of business to get, with the Alliance.
0: <laughs> but to get excoriated like this. <laughs> like, JR, we've heard JR roast people well, in a number of different ways in the past. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can roast with the best of them. But this was just like almost mean. I'm like, what did Paul Heyman do to you? What did he do to make him that mad <laughs> to say <laughs> something like that? Damn. You no,
1: know, he probably got to lead his lines before Jr. could.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just felt almost felt bad for Heyman. <laughs> almost, almost. We'll move on that's from that. Where was uh, oh. maybe that's where it was stemming from. He was disgusted
1: with him and his obsession Maybe. with
0: the, his songs. Maybe I mean, yeah, that was that's a pretty good reason, I guess, because that was weird. Yeah, just strange stuff. But to be they would do, and then they, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised they did this because just like a year later we got a necrophilia angle. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. was that later this year? My bad, later I, in two thousand two. Yeah, later this year. Yeah. we got necrophilia. So. We're not. We're we're barreling down that highway right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, going down, barreling down that highway to get to necrophilia. That's when it's like, all right, come on, come on. And I think they had they had pitched at one point around this time period to an incest angle, like with Vince and Stephanie. Is what I, I think. What I heard yeah. they got pitched, but it didn't actually happen. Fortunately, Whew. could you imagine? No, oh my no, god! I don't want to. <laughs> why did they do that for TV? I mean, well, they, man. Not, not why they do. It. They didn't do it. They, technically, they—they're a TV
1: company. They're not a
0: wrestling company. They're—they, you know, they make movies. <laughs> <And> that stuff's <laughs> in movies, movies right? It sounds like something that would be on Jerry Springer, which uh-huh. reminds me. Rest in peace to Jerry Springer, man. Rest in peace. Is he a WWE Hall of Famer? I. Know. I... Don't know, but he had his own show on WWE Network did. for a while, though he did.
1: He was a guest host on Raw before, so
0: yeah, well, he's not. A, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but either way, he is. He's done a lot with WWE, so we know that much. But seventy-nine years old, Jerry Springer, who, to be honest, Jerry Springer shows what pretty much. Inspired Vince Russo like, yeah. in his booking. Yeah. So without the Jerry Springer show, we probably don't get large chunks of the attitude error. True. So because you can't tell me, and we all know, we know, I think he said it like he would watch Jerry Springer and get inspired.
3: <sighs> I
0: mean, South Park, stuff like that. So moving on. It's now time for just a good old-fashioned grudge match. It is Kurt Angle versus Edge. Again, the depth on this roster. Just roll out Kurt Angle versus Edge in the middle of this card. Pretty wild. Uh, But we are witnessing at this point in April of 2002 the final days of Kurt Angle having hair on top of his head. Oh, man. Because at Judgment Day, it's over. It's over. That hair is going to get gone. It's going to get got by Edge. Okay. But here we are. He's still got hair on his head. It's kind of balding a little bit, which is why he cut it, I'm sure. But here we are. Uh, this is also, you know, the feud where uh, the segment where Edge has this, the photos, and but you have messages on the back, and the arrows are pointing at Kurt Angle, and they say, you suck, and stuff like that. Pretty funny segment. Uh, but it also reminded me that Edge, Christian, and... Kurt Angle were like an unofficial trio in two thousand one, in late two thousand as well. You remember those days?
1: A Little bit, little bit.
0: <laughs> They're like a just like a heel trio that would help each other out for some reason. Hilarious. Uh, and at they one were so point good though, like, they just played off each other so well. They did. So they they were all for one really good wrestlers, but also yeah. they were all really funny, <laughs> like Kurt Angle included, obviously. Uh at one point Jared Lawler calls Edge's hair nappy. Which is like, that's yeah. the last thing I would categorize Edge's hair as. Number one. And also, what's wrong with some nappy hair, Jerry Lawler? Hmm? Hmm? What do you mean by that? Sir? Huh? <laughs> Because you gotta had the power to have a goal, my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but this was another good match on this show. Uh Kurt Angle hits an angle slam, but Edge kicks out, which alone put Edge over in a way. that he kicked out of the angle slam. Uh Edge then uh, Angle then locked in the ankle lock. But Edge reversed it and almost got a pin out of it. Angle grabs a sw- steel chair, swings it at Edge. But Edge ducked, causing the chair to hit the ropes, bounce back, and smack Kurt Angle right in the face. Edge then went for a pin, but Kurt Angle still kicked out, and Jerry Lawler lost his mind. This thought it was like the greatest thing he had ever seen, pretty much. Edge then went for a spear, but Kurt Angle countered by punning him straight. Angle didn't hit the angle slam to pick up the win over Edge, and I wrote that Angle... He at this point he had a knack for beating people, but still the and I think he did that tonight on this night with Edge. I think he did it again at SummerSlam with Rey Mysterio. He was just in his bag in two thousand two. Like I don't think people talk about this enough. Like Kurt Angle was just in a zone, and I'm sure his body was all beat up to hell, but he was still cooking in the ring because he could beat somebody like Edge and make them look good and still you know get the win. He was, man, he was on fire.
1: Banger after banger after banger. Part of the SmackDown 6, right? I think he was. I think he was on yeah. SmackDown. So, yeah, Yeah, he, he was, was on SmackDown. On
0: you know, well, this now, is know, the this point, low-key
1: Kurt but... Angle I love. Where doesn't get yeah. a lot because he's not, you know, wasn't world champion or anything, but he was having those bangers with so many different types of opponents where it was just like, damn. Kurt Angle good, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, he like I said, he was he was hitting on all cylinders in two thousand two, and you know, you know, my personal favorite era is like the Wrestling Machine era, and again, that was a rough time in his life. Um, I just like I just always loved his intensity when he was that character, but in the ring, it's probably this time period if you're talking Kurt Angle, but it's still 05, He's still really good. Remember he had that match with uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And in 06, he had to uh, match with Undertaker and No Way Out. Like, he was still really good. Yeah. But, again, he had a knack at this time. is was for making younger, or not really younger, but newer talents look good by still winning. And, again, I think he did it at, with Edge. And eventually he had his head shaved by Edge. And then, again, at SummerSlam with Rey Mysterio. So, shout-out to Kurt Angle. Shout-out to Edge. Who, yeah. I think he's on SmackDown now, right? Yeah, I technically.
1: Believe.
0: Yeah. So he's part of the SmackDown 6 again with Dom Mysterio. <laughs> Are they on SmackDown? I don't even know what show they're on. I think they I did. did I think the whole Judgment Day got uh, put on Look SmackDown. So. so we got a new SmackDown 6 with Edge. Um, I imagine that. That's <laughs> pretty wild, right? Um, but, yeah, I think it was, it was a, it, this is a good showing for both, for both guys involved. Uh, and we move on from that with Chris Jericho just coming out unannounced. Which, again, we cut, we give the women three minutes so we can give Jericho five. Great. Uh, of course, this is the first pay per view post his undisputed title run. Uh, and a month after main eventing at WrestleMania, he's just here at Backlash, hanging out in his ugly outfits. And he even acknowledged that. I mean, brother didn't even get a rematch. <laughs> like, all right, that's true. Right? Jericho brings it up, and he's upset about it. He said his feelings were hurt, which I mean, look, I'm glad they did that. Though it makes sense, even though this promo probably didn't belong on the backlash. It does make sense that Jericho was like, "I'm mad that I was the undisputed champion just a couple weeks ago, in the main event of WrestleMania. Now I'm just out here with no, not even a rematch, but I don't even have a match on the show at all." And I think him not saying anything at all would have been worse. And then he turns around and says, "Even on his worst day, he's still better than every all the fans." Which is like, then there you go. You got to keep his heat too. So <laughs> it's it made sense. It, it served its purpose, but and it set up what was going to happen in the main event too. It was a harbinger of things to come. As Jericho was upset that Hogan was getting a title shot before he was, so he doesn't like Hogan at this point. There you go. Hmm. We're backstage again with Flair and Arn, and Flair's got his referee shirt on. <laughs> and then Undertaker walks in, and it just looks at Rick Flair. It's and perfect it's, timing, by the
1: way. Just to cut to you know his office, and while well, the Undertaker just walks in. That's really <laughs> good timing, <laughs> right? by the way.
0: Just what so happened, right? But Undertaker walks in, and he just looks at Flair, with This menacing look, and he points at him like, ah, <laughs> "You better not." Like the like the, was it the, the monkey off a of Family Guy? <laughs> that was Ric Flair just looked and pointed it in a threatening manner I'd kill you if you messed me up out there of course Ric Flair and Undertaker had a bloody match at Wrestlemania which Arn Anderson got involved in how about that gave up he gave Undertaker the uh, double A spine buster but we we'll move on from that it is now time for the WWF Intercontinental Championship it is Rob Van Damme Defending against Eddie Guerrero. Again, crazy yeah. pairings, right? Guerrero versus Van Dam. Here you go, just take that. Just, just out there. Of course, this is a match between the best two frog splashes in wrestling history. I feel like we've talked about this numerous times in the past, where I thought it'd be you can go either way with Rob Van Dam or Eddie Guerrero and D'Lo Brown is a Great number three as far as best frog splashes. Speaking of Dino Bra- D'Lo Brandt, apparently he was the first one that Jr. ever saw do the frog splash, which I don't believe. <laughs> Hilarious.
1: I, I think he was. Um, I don't know if he was trying to go for a joke there or not, but I technically he <laughs> said in WWF, so. Um, okay. Eddie uh, obviously, you know, did it after D'Lo in the WWF, so.
0: That's fair. Jerry Lawler was like, what, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> and then once JR said that, he was kind of like, ah,
0: he got me there. A I bit. guess. <laughs> I like, you know what I meant, though? Brother? Why are you messing around? You know what I meant. I'm talking about WWF history. But Eddie Guerrero, he had just come back to WWF on April 1st and attacked Rod Van Dam in doing so. After he was released by the WWF in November of 2001, he had uh, issues with addiction and they had caught up with them and WWF let him go so for about six months there he was not in WWF uh where did he go in that six months he hit the independent circuit including popping up on Ring of Honor's first ever show in 2002 you recall that
1: yes I believe I got that DVD because he was <laughs> on there I haven't watched it uh except maybe the first time I got it yeah, somewhere around here. But I do remember that.
0: Is it like a DVD from like 2003, like type of thing? Like so, like old graphics and stuff like that. Like the menu screens Man, and everything. That was so long ago. I don't remember because I <laughs> I got
1: this DVD. I think it was. I don't know if it was that same good year FYE or something. But they had you know the Ring of Honor ones Man. from back in '02. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Sam Goody room. and might Fye be in, might be in storage still. I gotta go back because I have a bunch of them Ring of Honor ones from O two and O three because uh, I wanted to. You know, I got these in like O eight or O nine maybe because I wanted. I never watched Ring of Honor back when it started. So then I realized like how many people came through there. Um, they're doing some research on it and stuff. I was like, oh, like I, I want to watch these shows. So. I don't even realize it was based in Philly for a lot, a lot of, of shows. So, yeah, I've missed out on the Ring of Honor around this
0: era. It's a bummer. Yeah, down at the Murphy Rec Center, man. Yeah, right out of Philly. So, Ring of Honor was born in Philadelphia. For those that didn't know, uh, and you can watch the main event of the first paper, of the first show on YouTube right now. It is a triple threat. Brian Danielson, Low-Key, and Christopher Daniels. Is it on then. the
1: AEW YouTube channel? Does it own it now?
0: <laughs> no, it's on the Ring of oh. Honor YouTube. just oh, their okay. own YouTube channel. Oh, sweet. Technically, right now. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero was doing a lot of stuff during his time away from WWE or F at this point. Uh, during his time away. But uh, another really good match, right? Like, this match was well-paced, well-done, like... Really no complaints, no notes. Uh, the finish was kind of fun, too. Where Eddie Guerrero hit a neckbreaker on the IC title and then took a sweet time getting to the top rope before hitting a mean frog splash. Like, with some stank on it, win my match and become the new Intercontinental Champion. He celebrated by holding the belt upside down, but he got it right eventually. So, all's well that ends well. I guess. Well, your notes on this
1: match? <laughs> um uh, I wish we had the old IC title. I don't know. I, th- this was a nice IC title when RVD had it and Eddie had it. Um I think RVD won it back, right, in the latter match? This is when some dude uh, jumped in the ring on Raw. and <laughs> I think Eddie was about oh, yeah. to like, kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was my favorite match between these guys. But you said earlier, like uh, just embarrassment of riches with talent at this time. You know, Eddie and RVD, Kurt Angle, Edge. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, yeah, uh, to Jerry Kidman. That yeah. just like an, a crazy amount of talent here. But yet, the I mean, main you got Brock Lesnar Hulk and Kogan. Jeff
0: Hardy <laughs> in, a, in a in a squash, right? And that was
1: fairly entertaining. So, right. Um, it's a good show, but then he got Hogan in the main event. It's just kind of like, ah, what are we doing here? You know, what are we doing here? But um, it's a great mid
0: card, obviously. Yeah, it was in hindsight tremendous, and even even at the time, I mean, these were all good matches. Like I really, honestly, even the, like you said, the Brock and Jeff Hardy match wasn't bad. Even Scott Hall and Bradshaw, for what it was, wasn't bad. It was fine. For what it was. So, yeah, this this is it's just crazy what they got going on at this point. Um, but moving on from the IC title, we're now with JR and King, and JR is talking about the Scorpion King. He's like, Man, I tell you, best movie I've ever seen in my life, the Scorpion King. He loved the movie, of course, right? Uh, which in reality was a highest the highest grossing movie in the history of April at this point. Beating the Matrix, which was not initially a box office hit, but of course The Matrix is one of the most revolutionary movies of all time, and Scorpion King is not that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um uh, Matrix was is a cultural phenomenon. And Scorpion King was not that. <laughs> but what it was was a, a you know, a fairly uh decent film at the box office. It grossed to thirty six million dollars in his opening weekend, and you know, that was number one at the box office that weekend. And the film eventually grossed $178 million worldwide on a $60 million budget. Pretty good. (laughs) A little bit. Pretty good. (laughs) So uh, pretty good for a wrestler. You know, pretty good for a movie starring a wrestler, I should say. Uh, So it it was clear that The Rock was on its way. Let's just say that. Yeah. For a movie starring a wrestler to break a box office record of any sort and to turn a pretty damn good profit... And get nearly two hundred million dollars at the box office, and go number one in his opening weekend. That was easily a sign that The Rock was he was not long for pro wrestling. And
1: it's kind of made me laugh a little bit because like thanking WWE fans for helping this happen. And it's like, well, I didn't give a crap about this movie. I didn't go see it. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm a WWE fan. I'm not. Just because The Rock's in a movie doesn't mean I'm clamoring to go to the movies to, to watch it. I know, I know, some are like that, but it's just kind of funny how they're like, "Thanks to you guys." It's like, are you like setting them up for something? You know, you're basically telling them they're the reason The Rock's going to move on to Hollywood within the year. So, I don't know. It's just kind of funny.
0: I mean, look, he was he was going to go. <laughs> it was old. people knew it. Yeah. That's why he got booed at SummerSlam because they knew like The Rock wasn't going to stick around much longer and rightfully so get out look how much money he made on a movie that's on a 60 million dollar budget that wasn't like you know this massive you know the movie that had like massive expectations on it like it's not like it was a marvel movie <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> like the scorpion king people were looking forward to it clearly they, they paid to see it but like it was still like a movie an action movie starring a wrestler and for the most part those movies did not do well
3: right okay
0: look at Look no further than the Hulk Hogan's movies or Goldberg's movies in the '90s. Like, who else did movies? I don't remember. Roddy Piper. Well, Roddy yeah. Piper did it all right for himself, but at least he was in good movies, I to say. But for the most part, movies starring wrestlers at the top of the bill, not like featuring them, unlike Jesse Ventura and Predator or in Running Man. You know, I'm talking about featuring them at the top of the at top of the bill. Those movies typically did not do well at the box office, and The Rock broke records, so. Yeah, the writing was on the wall. He's already not there <laughs> at, at At this show. He's not at this show. Despite winning at WrestleMania, he magically gets suspended and now he's gone. <laughs> you would think that he'd be like first in line to get an uni- undisputed title shot. No, the guy he beat gets the title shot. Why? Because The Rock is doing movie stuff. Promotional stuff. For the movie that was just about to be that was being released in the spring of two thousand two. So there's that. Scorpion King. Pretty good movie. I remember watching it. It was okay. Maybe I'll watch it. I haven't seen it. It was so. fine. <laughs> Pretty sure it got Michael Clark my Duncan. Thing. Rest in peace.
1: Wasn't it like uh in like the mummy series or something? Or
0: yes. yes. Yes, he okay. the Scorpion King character first appeared, I think, in the Mummy Returns. Gotcha. Um, and then they gave, they spun off, spun it off into its own movie, uh, a couple years later. So, yeah, part of a franchise, but still, it's still a movie starring a wrestler, and people, I'm sure, people right. went into it unsure, because again, up until this point, it wasn't like the wrestlers were just breaking box office records left and right. That's not, that's not something that happened. But we move on to. The number one contenders match for the undisputed championship. It is Steve Austin going against The Undertaker with Ric Flair as a special. It's got to be in the spotlight. Okay. look here. The story of this match pretty much is that Ric Flair is the worst referee of all time. (laughs) Okay, he came out wearing these red boots in honor of Johnny Red Shoes Duggan, who was uh, apparently a referee in California, according to Jr. He's the original Red Shoes, I guess. Uh, He died in 2001, according to Google. And he wore those Red Shoes while he was being a terrible referee during this match. That's not how you pay tribute to Johnny Red Shoes Duggan, by being garbage at your job, Ric Flair. (laughs) Well, Johnny Red Shoes Duggan probably deserved better than that, I'm sure. Willing to bet. I do, uh,
1: you know, at least it wasn't Earl Hebner.
0: He was far worse than Earl Hebner. Stop the madness right now. Earl Hebner also got concussed like four times during his match.
1: I made a note. He was actually looking at the shoulders while he was counting, unlike Earl Hebner.
0: Oh, my God. He also didn't look at Steve Austin's foot when it got on the ropes. Yeah, why would he? Why would he? Because that's what he's supposed to do. (laughs) He's supposed to see that.
1: Maybe Steve Austin should have kicked out.
0: He should have kicked out. Uh, this match was a match. I mean, they fought into the stands. <laughs> Dude, Rick twenty-seven Laird minutes. Didn't disqualify anything. Yeah, I don't think this needed to be twenty-seven what hell? minutes. What the hell? Uh, We also got Scott Hall and X-Pac coming out again. X-Pac has on the cane mask again. <laughs> uh, the fans still say he Dude. sucks. So did they?
1: Did I must have uh, turned away or something? Did they put the camera on the NWO coming
0: out? I believe so. Yes. So I missed it. They showed it. them walking down the ramp. And I remember. It took forever it, to get down the ramp.
1: I, I heard the Xbox Sucks chance, and I made a note and I was like, what the hell are they doing saying Xbox sucks? You know, <laughs> like not realizing they were out there until I they mentioned it again on commentary and then you saw them on camera. I was like, oh, I guess they did come out. Like I, I missed because this particular time, like what I think I'm going to do moving forward is put my AirPods in and watch it on my iPad. That way I don't miss anything. Audio-wise, but I clearly missed that, and that's just like I didn't rewind it or anything. I was like, "Why are they chanting Xbox sucks?" Or Austin the Undertaker it makes no sense. Not realizing they were <laughs> coming out or have already came out. So,
0: yeah, that was just kind that's kind of funny. This, that's what this match needed. It needed the NWO. Okay, that's what we needed here. Uh, also, Flair's counting slow as hell. Yeah, that was bad. What the hell? I'm surprised Undertaker didn't just punch him in the face.
1: That <laughs> he did the Earl later on. <laughs> but Earl, Earl deserved it. Oh, my God. Him. okay, Put No, bomb. Ric
0: Flair deserved it. Ric Flair deserved it. And he knew it, too. But it was the Undertaker's
1: match, so he couldn't. He would have been disqualified. He was being smart.
0: but Yeah, they inadvertently bumped into Ric Flair. He's down and stuff like that.
1: Uh. <laughs> Legit bumps, you know. It was like Legit good for bumps, Rick. I guess. Good. They didn't look fake.
0: Rick Flair, I feel like, wouldn't have taken this match unless he got to do some bumps. Um, he probably demanded it. That's why I'm laughing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he just like, all right, now, when, when am I going to bump, guys? When is it my turn? I got to be involved. Um, at one point, Steve Austin grabs a steel chair. Rick Flair tries to take it away from him. He is unsuccessful. However, Austin runs over to Undertaker. Undertaker kicks the chair right into his face. No DQ, though no disqualification, Ric Flair is just there <sighs> watched it then he somehow didn't see Steve Austin put his foot in the ropes when Undertaker pinned him and Ric Flair just counted slowly to three anyway worst ref of all time bro now uh, now, now Undertaker is the number one contender good job Flair King who was complaining about Flair being the referee the whole time he was right all along <laughs> it's the first time I will say I would agree with Jerry the King Lawler on this one Oh, good wow. job, Rick. You really did it. You really did good this time, Austin. Because you know Austin must stun. He hits Undertaker <laughs> with a stunner after the match. Well,
1: it's just, that was so convoluted too. It's just, just stupid. Like, Undertaker gives him the finger, and then he stuns him. It's like it's like what the hell? Like the Undertaker's supposed to be this badass, and he just made him look like an idiot. So,
0: so Austin must stun. <laughs> okay, should have stunned Ric Flair. Right.
1: Like, why? Just have take her leave. And because they, they were going to, uh, Flair was going to feud with Austin anyway. That could have been the start of it. I know they did something on Raw before Austin eventually walked out on the company a few weeks later. But it's like, okay. you could have just done the Austin son of Flair there. Be like, my my foot was on the damn rope. Well, I didn't see it. We'll see this and stun him. <laughs> literally. <laughs> easy. You
0: got the promo mapped out. That's literally easy. I'm look. We had to get the next segment. This is why Ric Flair wasn't in the ring. Because Flair is backstage. And Coach runs up on him like, hey, hey, hey. You didn't see what happened? He's like, what are you talking about, man? I ain't seen nothing. They walk him over to a monitor and show him clear as day that Austin's foot is on the ropes. Flair sees this footage and just simply goes, and this is what he said. <laughs> he did. It's not what I say. This is what he said. So but earmuffs, kids. Ric Flair sees this footage and goes, ah, shit. <laughs> and then
1: walks away. <laughs> I, met, I meant to go alive, back pal. and clip that. I did not clip that. I meant to go back and clip that because I laughed so, so much. It made me think of uh, Michael Bourne in the Phillies radio last year. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, I, I could clip that and use that for like ever. <laughs> that was a great man. reaction by flair they could have went like, back to the ring man. and be like this match must continue but he didn't because <laughs> no he did not
0: <laughs> he just said "Welp." i've never seen that clip before i've never seen yeah flair say that before it's so coachman
1: was like so adamant you know like, he's like You gotta see this <laughs> you Mr. gotta flair. see here
0: here 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 it go and they had it ready who was running that screen <laughs> right. who had it loaded up they just go to camera, go to TV twelve, play it right now for coach. Have it ready. <laughs> That's not how that works. We move on though to <laughs> a match that I really don't have any notes about. It is for the WWF World Tag Team Championships. It is Billy and Chuck, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Then they said against Al Snow and Maven. I was like, oh, what the hell? What are we doing here? <laughs> what? Now I'm t- here talking about all this talent. Oh, look at all the talent WWF got. Oh my God, teams over here, people <laughs> over there, and then they got Al Snow and Maven. Y'all <laughs> broke up the Hardy Boys for this?
1: <laughs> Listen, Maven and Al Snow that would have been a, that would have been cool. Tag champs.
0: Y'all broke up the Dudley Boys for this? Yeah, why not? This is we got Billy and Chuck against Al Snow and Maven. Hell yeah. What?
1: Co main Tag team division.
0: Co main event. This is what you wanted from your tag team division, Vince McMahon. You got some of the best tag teams in history on your roster. Yep, we're gonna Billy and Chuck against Al Snow and Maven. World Tag Team Championships. Let's go. Meanwhile, the APA is getting—they're getting roses thrown at them. Like people love them so much. (laughs) All right, people are just falling over themselves to cheer for the APA. Al Snow and Maven, (laughs) go go. hit your shot. In five minutes, they lost.
1: How the hell did they get a tag man. title
0: shot to begin with? <sighs> I don't know, man. How did that happen? Wasn't oh Maven no. just fighting for the hardcore title? Now he's getting yeah, a tag title can. shot? Yeah, with, with his mentor, with, Al Snow. With Al Snow? Nah. I ain't buying it. Nor am I buying Rico's sideburns. <laughs> Alright? Them sideburns were vicious. look like boomerangs on his face. He was, he was talented apparently. He was apparently a wrestler that Vince turned into a manager, which is not surprising. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like, did uh,
1: wrestle a little bit down the road, but not not often.
0: No, but he he apparently was a wrestler though, so yeah. But there's that. Less said about this, I mean I don't know if you have any notes about this match.
1: Uh they they always with these type of characters they do like the spots, you know, like the Drop toe hold, uh, Chuck right into Billy's nuts. Like (laughs) it always kind of like makes me laugh a little bit because like you don't see that in any other match, but because it's Billy and Chuck, you gotta have like a a nut, uh, move. You know, like you gotta have like a sequence (laughs) of somebody going in each other's nuts, and it just I don't know. It made me laugh. Uh, I society. I I don't think. uh, I never got. I never thought about these things the way. I guess, I don't want to say most of the fans did, but, like, the way I've seen it talked about online, you know, characters like Billy and Chuck, characters like Eugene, because I always thought the end game in wrestling was to make the good guy, you know, win or something. So Eugene got, like, a big win over Triple H before, I think. Uh, uh, Billy and Chuck I really wasn't, like, involved with. Like, I was kind of out on my sabbatical a little bit. So I didn't follow much of their thing until I you know I came back and by then I think they were already split up or on the way to being split up. So um but yeah, like now that like I read why other people just it's clearly Vince McMahon just like making fun of people. So it's like, man, like I, I watch these back and I'm just like the balls of that man. <laughs> like just doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. It's like why can't why can't you just make if you wanted these characters, make them like good and not have the, the stupid stupidity around it. But that just, Vince Man could not help himself at all. I just, I don't, I don't understand what he was going for when, when he does these types of characters where it's clear. You kind of want your audience to turn on them, but sometimes they don't.
0: Well, he's clearly going for the lowest common denominator. Yeah. He's also going for like people's, uh, how can I say this people's honestly people's like this hatred of pe- other people, you know like at this point in society, it was like being we know what they were going for with Billy and Chuck they were going for them playing off of the, acting like they were gay, right that's what they were trying to do with there was those overtones right, and they made them villains for it, and people yeah. still thought that exactly. you know. They were just—they're not people. They're sexual deviants now, or something like that. And you just look at them. Oh, they're weird. They—they they wear tight clothes. Oh, you know, the outfit that uh, Rico had on, which was like, it looked wild, but it was like he was serving a look out there. And like, like, Jr. couldn't pull it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's serving a look. He's fashionable, but weird. Oh, like if you don't understand mm-hmm. it. It's you got to villainize yeah. it, pretty much. Uh, I wish I could be more eloquent, and, you know, saying it, but it's just feeding off people's hatred—the pe- people that they don't understand, don't want to get to know—but that's what that was about. Controversial at the time, but in hindsight, it's just like, what, what, what were we doing? Especially yeah. making them villains. Right, that's the whole thing. And
1: yeah, Eugene wasn't a villain, but it's like, okay, like, oh man, the yeah. the, the, the feel good aspects does does that. And that's in their mind. Like they're in their mind, it's like the feel good. Oh, they, get, they feud with Triple H, Triple H t- and Evolution take advantage of him. Um, he Triple H turns on him. Eugene gets his revenge. Like, but that's where's the feel good in that? Because like the exploitation and stuff like that. Like I used to think, and, and in many ways, it is just wrestling. But these are the things that you want to avoid in quote unquote just wrestling because it just you don't need it. Like, wrestling doesn't need certain things. And, uh, you know, heat, everyone loves heat and all this, the cheap heat, stuff like that. Uh, MJF always goes for the cheap heat. It's like, you you don't have to. Like, in many ways, it literally is just wrestling. Like, you don't need to... Like, this is trying to get us away from real life thing. And it's kind of what I had a problem with in 91 when Vince would exploit the, the war, the Gulf War. It's like... We, we watch this to get away from a lot of that stuff but nowadays it's not that cut and dry especially because everything is political now um no matter what opinion you have you're either on one side or the other and this type of thing like I, I look back at it and I was like man I remember watching this you know, as a early teen like a teenager and I didn't see the issue with it. But it's because it never affected me personally. If it, if somebody's watching this and it, they feel a certain way because of how characters are portrayed, like, you really should take that into account before you do anything and put anything, and uh, just Vincent, his guys just never did. It felt like they never did take into account what possi- possible messages they would send uh, by certain characters. And it's just like, why not? Why don't you think about that stuff? I, I just... It's not just wrestling, you know. So it's just annoying, you know. Looking back and like what they tried to make us feel like as fans It's like, what are we supposed to? We're supposed to look at Billy and Chuck as you know bad guys just because they're they may be gay. I don't know. There's always the euphemism behind it. The right. Commentary.
0: It may be gay. They're not even. And, we don't. Right. Even, not even sure. As and like, they said it when they did the wedding at one point. Like we're not gay. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: And they were, like, confused why people thought that in a way. And that, was, that, was, that was kind of funny. But that was like, kind of funny. <laughs> like, you're not going to keep doing this where you, you want them to get heat because you want people thinking they're gay and calling them, you know, chanting at them and stuff. Like, why? Why? Why do you need during that rest? During
0: the show. Like, yeah. Like, they chanted at Rico that he was gay. Yeah. and it a, a bad did. thing. That's right, yeah. So, and then they
1: even mentioned yeah. it on commentary. Because, like, do you ignore that? Of course not. Commentary is always going to bring it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, different times. Probably still happens backstage that we don't know about. We hear about the lawsuit now that, you know, all these ideas that got pitched, these, you know, uh, stereotypical ideas that get pitched for black people or whatever, you know. And, you know, they don't make it on the screen all the time, but they still get pitched sometimes. And... Yeah, you know, just how that is sometimes with WWE man. Unfortunately, uh, especially with Vince McMahon booking for sure. Right, right. Because uh, we've seen we got forty years of history to see him booking stereotypes. And look, it's not just him neither. It's all the pro wrestling. You know, it's all the pro wrestling. Yeah. So it's not just Vince, but obviously Vince is the, uh, the most successful promoter of all time, and he has had his share <laughs> of stereotypes. Boy, has he ever! Uh, and in some ways, still tries to do it. Like they, what, what was it? I don't know if you heard about the lawsuit that the writer filed against WWE. Yeah, where yeah, they tried to ha- say that a Muslim wrestler on the roster who is more than likely Mustafa Ali uh, was, but he it was going to be revealed that that wrestler was going to be behind 9/11. It's like what in the world? Why was just, that ever pitched? Why was that? Ever, why was anybody ever comfortable pitching that? Just. They know who they're pitching to. He might buy it. So, it's just, I
1: remember there are rumors that obviously he literally publicly requested his release, and you know it was probably around that time frame. Yeah, maybe like, yeah, we don't know the every single detail, but it's like, Vince, man, literally tw- twenty years ago, you're you're out here with red, white, and blue ropes. You know, be like, we're the first show after the 9-11 attacks, you know, the first big gathering, and we're not going to let this, uh, you know, ruin America. And it's just... He, he literally doesn't believe anything he says as long as he thinks business is going to somehow help his pocket by exploiting stuff like that. It's like he never gave his crap about the terrorist attacks, man. It's, like, very clear.
0: Yeah, it's very clear, but... Doesn't care about anything. <laughs> put him. Put make his wallet, that money. Put his wallet. Make that money. So, but there's that. Speaking of the money, it's time for the main event of the evening. It is for the WF Undisputed Championship. It is Triple H defending the championship against. Is he Hollywood Hulk Hogan at this point?
1: Yeah, I think they're still calling him that. I
0: think they still call him Hollywood, right? Yeah. But it's Hulk Hogan, y'all. He's here. And he is defending his title. It's going to be, though. Don't worry. (laughs) But we don't get Jimi Hendrix on Peacock. That's always terrible. And I also wanted to hear the actual crowd reaction for Hogan. But it's kind of wild to see Hulk Hogan wrestling at a backlash, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not one of the pay per views that was around when Hogan was running wild back in the eighties and (laughs) nineties. That was King of the Rings, Survivor Series, Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, not Backlash. But here he is. He's at Backlash. Uh WWF at this point was wild though, because they was touting this as like the biggest comeback story in company history. Oh my god, it's so great. The babe Ruth is back, baby. The only way they could have, I guess, you know, after
1: the Rock Hogan match. And what's hilarious about it is it lasted a month. And, like, did he think Hogan was going to carry the title, like, through the summer? Like, is, is that what the idea was here going into this match? Like, what was the idea? Because I don't think the first idea was that it would only last a month. So. Going into here, I think the the plan was a little bit different, and kind of made me laugh a little bit how things played out. But I, mean, I didn't I, I didn't take this seriously as Hulk Hogan in a main event for a title match. Again, didn't watch it live. Uh, annoyed at just the way things were going, you know, in, in wrestling because WWF was the only thing at the time too. Uh, the WCW invasion was a bust, so I'm like co- coming out of it. I'm in my junior year of high school. And I'm just like, I, just, I finally got a cable modem. You remember, like cable cable modems? They were like a oh, big thing back then. Uh, I had dial up up until this year. So my mom got it like a cable modem. It was around this time. Maybe it was uh, April or May. Uh, our whole house got redone, like repainted, we got new rugs. I had other shit to worry about oh. than Hulk Hogan and the main event, winning a title <laughs> uh, of in, in a company that trashed him for like a decade. I'm like, I was so unserious at this point. I was looking at I WWF as like, you guys are unserious, man. Get out of here with this crap. Like, I was so annoyed by it.
0: <laughs> I see. You was fed up with <laughs> WWF. I, really, I had serious stuff to worry about, man. <laughs> <laughs> Andy-ass running around <laughs> with another title. Like, even Ooh, if they
1: great. did a Jericho Doe- triple h rematch, I would have been more, like, accepting. I'm like, okay, like, I, I could go for that, like. Even if Jericho won the title back, I would be like, okay, at least things are making make sense. And no, not Hulk Hogan back in the main event. It's like, dude, I'm done with Hogan. What are we doing here?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was bored with this match for the most part. I mean, it's it's still pretty surreal to see Hogan and Triple H in, uh-huh. the, in the ring together and going against each other, especially red and yellow Hogan. Right. But it's like it just wasn't it wasn't to the same level as the Rock and Hogan. That wasn't the same. Triple H and Hogan didn't have the same cash. No, yeah, and it wouldn't have been the level of Austin
1: Hogan either. And I know no. you know they didn't expect Austin to walk out. And they were hope at least I had read that they were hoping to do Austin Hogan at the next year's WrestleMania, but um, you know that clearly didn't work out. Um, Hogan Triple H man, I didn't- What the hell? Like,
0: <laughs> Hulk- uh, yeah, Hollywood Hulk is-
1: Hogan is Triple H. So we're literally Triple H versus Triple
0: H here. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. And the yeah, just, the at the ending. I just pissed the ending. So the ending of this historic, historic. you know genre defining happening of Hulk Hogan versus Triple H for all the marbles. It's this legacy defining match for Hulk Hogan and Triple H, okay? Has like tons of interference and ref bumps. So let's start. Hogan gets a big boot and a leg drop on Triple H. Hogan looks like he's about to win. Out comes Chris Jericho. Because remember, he said earlier, he didn't like Hulk Hogan. He didn't deserve this before I got my rematch. Well, he comes out. He assaults the referee. He then hits Hogan in the head with a steel chair. Jericho tries to wake up the ref, but Triple H is like, nah, I'm a good guy. Uh, Get out of here, Jericho. Uh, And then kicks him out, right? Beats up Jericho, gets rid of him. That didn't help the match whatsoever. Out of nowhere, Hulk Hogan hulks up. <laughs> Which I always think is funny. I don't know why I think it's funny when I see it in 2002. It's and he doesn't like,
1: walk around the ring like he should. As he just stays in one spot. That ruins it, too. Look, look he's older.
0: Get, Get out of here. He got he to he adjust it, his game a little bit, baby. I mean, I guess
1: that's true. That figure four Triple H put on him, he could barely, like, <laughs> uh, bend Hulk's leg. because Hulk's wearing this big-ass knee brace, too, so he clearly can't move around that well. And the, the figure four Triple H put on him just was, like, so bad. I, I was like, man, this sucks.
0: Yeah. I was because so he angry. Shouldn't be, he shouldn't be in main event matches like this, right? <laughs> Hulk Hogan hawks up. He hits the big boot but misses the leg drop. Oh. Triple H hits a pedigree. Now he looks like he's about to win. But out comes The Undertaker because he doesn't want Triple H to win because why? I don't know.
1: I guess, I guess he Triple H is a more tough, tough an opponent. Is that really the the reason?
0: What a way to put Hulk Hogan over. I'd rather face the old man.
1: Well, I mean, he did beat him.
0: (laughs) He beat the hell out of him, too. (laughs) So, in hindsight, it was an easier opponent for Undertaker. Uh, Hebner gets hit again. (laughs) He's taking all the bumps. He's taking more bumps than Flair did in that match. And It's
1: perfect timing, like perfect spot. Hebner's near the ropes, and all Taker has to do is punch him through the ropes and knock him out God, that was hilarious <laughs> he, did. he was like in the that perfect spot the best spot thing Earl did all night
0: Undertaker to get get a good shot in his face <laughs> that's really funny uh, Undertaker grabs a chair and he clocks Triple H with it Undertaker picks up Hogan and drags him over to Triple H and it looks like Hogan's about to go for the pen was like wait a minute I'm a good guy brother I won't let you do this he beats <laughs> up he hawks <laughs> up on Undertaker gets rid of Undertaker, turns right into the leg drop, boom, hits a leg drop, and wins the match and becomes the champion. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you just
1: like hated what Taker did, but then you're just gonna drop the leg anyway and right. It's like, <laughs> it
0: was like was Hogan a good <laughs> leg drop to win instead of what Undertaker did? Undertaker still helped you, bro. <laughs> Triple H never got up after that. <laughs> Taker's
1: smiling while he's going up the ramp. Like exactly right. this is
0: exactly what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> he did it with the quickness too. He didn't waste any time. Yeah. As soon as he got ready, Undertaker, he turned right into the leg <laughs> driver Ran right into it. One phone sw- fell, fell swoop. One seamless motion. Earl's all of a sudden awake. <laughs> like... That too. He got punched in the face by the Undertaker. <sighs> I love this. This is like so wild. Like, Hogan is the ultimate good guy, but yet he still just hit the leg drop and won anyway. (laughs) Still, still the opportunist.
1: After the match, Triple H approaches him. You see the blood, (laughs) crawl like, streaming down his face, and you don't even like, man, like, like, oh, what happened to you? Like, what happened? Like,
0: the hell? (laughs) Like, everyone's just a matter of fact. Like, oh, you're
1: bleeding okay
0: triple h is just trembling with anger uh, oh, uh, stupid. He's just staring at him stupid and it holds out his hand uh, i hate it i hate
1: it it makes no sense
0: and then hogan must pose and that's how we go off the air backlash he 2002 he <laughs> what didn't a wild beat him finish barely it was he terrible did.
1: like how why are you shaking his hand
0: I don't remember how that played out. Like, I knew Hogan won, but I didn't remember how the actual finish played out. And yeah. now I'm like, wow, that was garbage. No wonder Tri- no wonder Hogan lost next month because we couldn't keep keep going with Hogan.
1: Overbooked BS that sometimes it's good, but definitely not good at Backlash 2002. You have Triple H very clearly, you know, bleeding, um, even, like, wipes it. And he knows what happened. Like, he knows it's the Undertaker that did it. But why are you shaking Hulk Hogan's hand? Like, he's the one that took advantage of it and pinned your ass. Like, <laughs> why are you shaking this? With like, the quickness. Ah. Yes, I understand a few months later he, Triple H returned, he'll have that feud with Shawn Michaels. But here, like, that, that's not what we're doing. We're not planting seeds for anything that far in advance. So why not just, like, be angry that Hulk Hogan took advantage of it and be like, I'm bleeding, man. You didn't win fair and square. Like I don't know. Because like, it's not a baby face thing to do. Like, Get out of here with that crap, man. That's, wh- I mean, what I a terrible like... finish and even a worse follow-up of Triple H just shaking Hulk's hand. Like, dude, you got hit over the head with a steel chair. Yeah. How's that? Like, why are you shaking this dude's hand?
0: Uh, that was a babyface move, which is not, like, blame anybody. That, I mean, it's just here's not be upset, nothing.
1: Here's the thing. I like the handshake, if you're just beat and you have a great match, it's one-on-one, and you're beat fair and square. Like, none of this other shenanigans. The, the, <laughs> that's when the handshake means more. You're just like, the better man won. Congratulations. It's the way it happened at WrestleMania six when Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior did that. Not here. Not when, like, you get hit over the head with a steel chair and you, are like, bleed him profusely and then you're like, well, the better man won. Like, no. This, this isn't how it... No. It just... So stupid for a wrestling angle. Like, it, it just made no sense. I'm, I'm finding these logic holes in this crap too much. It just made no sense. And of course, you know, I have to read the results that Hulk Hogan won the title, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Like, really? A month after the feel good <laughs> story of Triple H coming back and winning the title, and he's already losing it, but he's losing it to Hulk Hogan?
0: Get out of here. It's stupid. like. Cody winning the title, losing the the, in the main event of WrestleMania this year, and going like, "You beat me, Roman. You got me." It's like, no, he didn't. He cheated.
1: <laughs> right? Like, uh, they didn't. We all saw make, that. He didn't even make a big deal about it. It's like, okay, you're not gonna give me right. a rematch. That should be part you're of the Well, at least give me a tag match tonight. It's so, stupid right, a tag
0: match. What do you mean? No. He didn't even bring up the fact that his cousin helped him it's like that's a real, that's a legit reason to be upset Cody it's okay it no.
1: was from the ring and the ref didn't even do anything when he saw that he was back after he was back this
0: McMahon's mind baby faces don't complain they just get and dust themselves off and try again but you're not allowed to complain <laughs> you just take get unwillingly and that's it. It makes baby faces look stupid, honestly. It just does. They have emotions. And I'm not saying that, like, even, like, let's say, like, related to sports. When the Saints lost an energy championship to the Rams, right, in the early 2019-2018 <laughs> yeah. season, that was highway robbery, right? And I feel like the next day or the the night of, when you know, during the press conferences after the game or the next day or to do the locker room clean-out maybe a day or two later, Saints players had every right to be upset about that call. <laughs> now, maybe you don't drag it out into the offseason, which is what happened, but I can understand there's some sore feelings. Granted, Saints had their chance to win that game in overtime. Okay, People always overlook that. But they still got screwed over with that passing interference. That was passing interference, okay? <laughs> but did didn't anybody know, expect the, the Saints the fans players or the, the Saints NFL? fans to not say anything? Like, they, they were going to say something at some point. That was just natural. Yeah. Didn't the Saints fine. fans
1: even uh, sue the NFL for that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's just, come on, bro. <laughs> we we should sue
1: WWE for this finish.
0: You're going to sue over the outcome <laughs> of a football game? If that's the case, Eagles fans should pull some money. <laughs> to, uh, at the Cardinal Stadium. That's right. Okay. You know, but obviously I'm going to let a, a that's Chiefs How are you going to let
1: a Chiefs groundskeeper make that field
0: get out of here? Is that what happened?
1: Well, I believe that was uh the person who was in charge of that grass. He's the sod father, right? Believes he got believes? I believe he was, you know, like a Chiefs guy. Chiefs fan? I have no or, idea. We're working with no the idea. Chiefs. I thought
0: the league just did that and got a third party to. Uh, Towards t-
1: let's see. Take over that. Or it became, uh, you know what? Uh, let's see, because I believe that's what I had read before. Yeah, he was. Uh, he worked uh, in Kansas City, in 1963. Let's see was the, the chiefs kind of moved the coffin stadium arrowhead or took on full-time groundskeeping duties for the two stadiums so yeah like he was like a chiefs guy probably gave the chiefs a heads up on the field <laughs> at least that's what the uh conspiracy theory was after the Super Bowl but he definitely uh definitely had Chiefs ties I think that's what people were like kind of like even before the Super Bowl they' are like mm, I don't know about that. I'm not, and I'm not one that says, like, the field cost the Eagles a Super Bowl, but, I mean, they didn't touch Patrick Mahomes, so.
0: <laughs> Look, it is what it is now. Uh, but eventually, obviously, you move on from losing, right? But when it just happened, it's okay to be upset. And it's like Vince McMahon doesn't want his baby faces to ever, like, complain. And I, I understand there's, like, a fine line between, like, pointing out, uh, You know, the obvious and pointing out your anger and bordering into whining territory, right? Which is what they did with Burt Hart in 97. Right? Yeah, he that was a great way to make him a hero. <laughs> right, he whined. But if you want this person to, to remain a babyface, you don't want them to become a whiner. Right. Right? So there's a line, but it's still, it's not, it shouldn't just go without acknowledgement. Right. No pun intended to Roman Reigns, right? <laughs> Well, some way. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to cross into whining territory, though. It could just be, like, hey, man, you, you wouldn't have, you could be like, a, you could spin in a certain way to make the, the baby face sound even more tougher. Like, hey, man, you was real dope when you had some, some help. <laughs> like, how about next time we do a one on one? But obviously, they didn't want to do that with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, so. And set up for a
1: tag match on Monday Night Raw.
0: Right. And here we are 20 years prior, Triple H is just like, well, you got me. Caught me slipping. <laughs> like, <no laughs> he didn't. I
1: am, bleeding profusely.
0: Right, I got hit in the face with a chair. That's why I'm bleeding right now. But, oh, I thought so. the leg drop did that to, to your brother. No. No. No, your Maybe legs aren't knee that strong, brace. Undertaker. Or not oh, Undertaker. Maybe
1: he had two knee braces on. I don't remember. But,
0: oh. Either way, that is Backlash 2002. Nick... Any final thoughts, and take us out with some plugs, please. I just can't believe they put the belt on Hogan.
1: Like, <laughs> I get <laughs> yeah, it makes like, no sense. the nostalgia thing, and Vince is like, oh, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle, but you know, he, had, he went from Hogan to The Undertaker the next month, to The Rock the next month, and then Brock at SummerSlam, so I guess it didn't, uh, you know, if Triple H held on to the title and Brock beat him, who knows what would have happened, but I guess it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. You can follow me at underscore picone on Twitter, <laughs> and follow us at the Shooters Pod on Twitter, and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Shooters Pod. Check us out at the newly redesigned affiliateinfluencer and podcasts at foxphl Oh,
0: that was that was intense there. I like Thank that. You. Uh, you can find me at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can also find me out here in these streets. Maybe not today, though, because it's ugly outside yeah. with this weather. I don't care what it's Nick said right. about it. Oh, it's great. No, it's not. It's, nah, I always know <laughs> it's
1: great because it reminded me of Live Wire mornings.
0: So. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's still strange. strange. <laughs> it reminded me of Live Wire. <laughs> it's really strange. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash theshooterspod. You can request a future deep dive, and when you do, we'll, we will fulfill that request and will allow you to make a cameo on the show. Next week's show is a Patreon request. It is Backlash 2003. So all these backlashes were leading up to something, y'all. It is Backlash 2003, Goldberg's first match in WWE against The Rock. Again, Backlash 2003, a Patreon request, next week's episode. But if you want a Patreon request for a future episode, again, patreon.com slash Pod. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 362 of The Stray Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week.
2: And his his agent, a pancake-sized fever blister on the
3: lips of life, Paul Heyman.